We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe is out. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our commentary tracks or something completely different. And this is our commentary track for April 2019. Uh, and for this month, we are talking Marvel's The Avengers. The 2012 Avengers, the not that other one. Um, that's not Marvel. Rain or shine, all is mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, we're talking the Joss Whedon-directed Avengers film, the first one in conjunction with the upcoming Avengers colon Endgame. Um, but with that said, joining me to, to discuss Avengers in this full-length commentary track, one of our longer ones, I'd assume, uh, from Wise to Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast, he could be a big green rage monster. It's Brandon Peters. Uh, Hulk podcast? I don't know. <laughs> Also joining us from Forbes, knocking off his checklist goals of becoming a Playboy billionaire philanthropist, it's Scott Mendelson. You will buy your weather from me! <laughs> Not that Avengers. And uh, so, okay. We still get a cat suit. We still get a cat suit. Kind of. <laughs> How are you two doing this evening? I'm good. doing well. Doing good. 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 Glad to have you guys here. Um, we should be having another guest uh, entering in a little bit later on, but we'll, you know, we'll see what happens there for now. So three of us, we're going to talk about Avengers in this commentary track. For those of you that are not aware, we are going to do exactly what it sounds like. We are going to commentate over the film. All Each of us, Scott Brandon and I, have the film currently paused at five seconds in, and I'm going to count down from three and press go, and we're just going to start talking about the movie. So if you want to follow along with us, pop in that movie into the player or use your digital copy or whatever you do. Uh, pause it and then just wait for me to do the countdown. Then you can watch it and listen to us. If you're just listening to listen, you're done. You're you you you're, you're set already. Just buckle in, grab your uh, you know your uh, Agent Coulson trading cards and be happy. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about the movie. Uh, I think we're just let's just get going here. Let's do it. Uh, you guys ready? Yep. Get yep. your UMD set yeah. and your PSP <laughs> ready. All right. Three, two, one, go. There's the classic Marvel logo. So, you know, I was going to say, our, our, our guest-to-be would be great if he showed up at the end of the movie so we could put it as, like, the end credits mm-hmm. thing, him showing up. I forgot after. that it does the, the blue, like, fade between the two logos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, See, what's, what's interesting is that for this crossover, uh, Sean Connery, <laughs> the, the Avengers TV series... Came before James Bond, and then Sean Connery came, and then when the movie came, he played the bad guy in it, and then Ray Fiennes played John Steed in that movie, later became M in the James Bond series. Thank you, Brian Collins, for that in the interview of the day. This is 132 minutes. Is this the director's cut of the Avengers? Yep. I've been you shall, for this you shall control years. the weather with us. Let's, yeah. let's Before we get into all this, and even the stuff that we're talking over right now, let's talk about that Paramount logo for a second, because they uh-huh. have no involvement in this movie. <laughs> this yep, there, are, there are no Transformers, even though there's the AllSpark right there. <laughs> <laughs> so they, so, but they, so they, sold, they sold to Disney at that point, but they, they, pay, they like made sure that their logo would still be at the top of this movie. Like That's the last time we see Paramount's involvement in, in the MCU. Who yeah. else did they have? Like character-wise, uh, they had everybody from Phase One except for kind of sort of the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, Hulk was still and still is Universal. Uh, they <laughs> okay. got money for this, and they got money for Iron Man Three, I believe. Three, yeah, three is the other one that they kind of had. It, there wasn't a Paramount logo, but yeah. three is still like part of it because it's like their trilogy, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after that, 
at like there's nothing involved. But I like that they're like we're paying to have our logo at the top of this movie. I'm not sure what that effectively did. Like if people were like, oh, Paramount, like, like they, they've continued to respond to this. Like, well, Paramount did that Avengers movie, so I guess we'll go see Bumblebee. Like I don't know what their, their right. Is, but well, I mean, back then Paramount was, I would argue, the best in the business at marketing tentpoles. Mm-hmm. From around 2006-ish, 2007-ish to around 2012, they were they were Disney, basically. I mean, you look at their slate for, you know, 2011, for example. You know, they had Thor, Super 8, Transformers 3, Captain America, uh, Kung Fu Panda 2, Puss in Boots. They, you know, they led in market share that year. And they were, you know, they, and on the side, they were opening questionable franchises like The Last Airbender and G.I. Joe to big bucks. You know, they were very good at this. Um, unfortunately, you know, they eventually sold Marvel, the Marvel properties that they had the rights to for about $115 million. Um, Did they, they eventually lost... Is there a logic behind that? Like, you know, like, well, we're, we're, we're making these? And, and this is this is not gospel at all. I think there was an attempt to buy Marvel before even Disney did, but mm-hmm. there, other people at Paramount, you know, got gun-shy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it, it's a huge investment. Oh, it is, and sure. I mean, while popular, yeah. when was it going to... I, 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 were they going to have the... Was Paramount going to be the one that was going to be able to market it to the world? to you know toys that like it goes beyond that like it's yeah I, it's maybe paramount being like i don't think we can handle this well let's let's use that to dovetail into this actual movie because i don't want to keep going into the business stuff <laughs> too much because i think people want to hear a little bit about what we're what movie we're watching so with that said i, th- I think yeah. what it comes down to as far as you know whether or not you should buy something like this it, right. you know, it comes down to you can ask the, about this movie and as a whole and we could we could ask this question how is it that this movie works? Because it seems like an impossible thing to do, right? Uh, like, I mean, well, we got you're, you're combining got... multiple characters from different franchises. They're all superheroes. There's a there's a geekness to it where it's like, yeah, that's cool. What if all these things happened? But somehow, this movie ended up working. I mean, and that comes in spite of even after having these movies established, the lead up to this, you know, what I think was a pretty bad marketing campaign. I think the trailers were all pretty yeah. bad for this movie. Yeah. Uh, yes, you get to see Robert Downey Jr., which who's the star at this point, as well as the other characters that are certainly popular-ish. But it's not like Thor and Captain America broke the bank. They did good, but they didn't do yeah. it like spectacular. Exactly. So it's like, how did we get here? And you can, I, I can see why Paramount will be like, well, we we did this, but I don't know if we need like to keep going with this. Is it going to be like the ultimate thing, or is it going to be a? It's a it's a gamble. I mean, that's that's what yeah. it turned into, and so. Disney picked up the ball, and clearly, you know, this is what we got. We have, we have this movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we crossed over instantly here. Where One Eye and Hawkeye, they're brothers. They get together in this scene. Let me say this right now. <laughs> I, I, this introduction of Loki, I think, is pretty fantastic. That big shot of him just right up on his face like that, and just showing mm-hmm. this kind of grin. I think he, Tom Hiddleston's like really in his own in this movie. Like, I think he's fine in Thor. But I think he yeah. really gets to do the things he wants to do as his character in this film. Yeah, people like Loki because he, he yeah, because of this, he Avengers, rose. Yeah, not because of Thor, Thor, he's fine, but this one is like, this is where he become, became like a fan favorite character. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, like you're saying, I think part of it is something that wasn't even thought of. Like, 
they couldn't it wasn't meme city back then it wasn't judging by social media there was an excitement behind the scenes that i don't even think the studio could have anticipated for the avengers like it just i mean it was huge it was going to be huge but the fact that people were on board for it and then from this point on they're all big mm-hmm. you know no matter what but like they knew they're like oh, okay and then they they go with their phase two where they throw they throw in the brand test with guardians of the galaxy um but that's until this this movie it kind of just affirmed because this came out the same summer as dark knight rises that was supposed yeah. to yeah. be Which for our one our first summer gamble all of us except Abe, who still lost, uh, predicted mm-hmm. Dark Knight Rises to be the biggest hit of the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. The trailers were lousy. I will say that what Disney did right is they screened the film pretty early and frequently. Um, yeah, I saw so it by the time I wasn't even. Yeah, I wasn't the, even getting. I was. At, yeah. I wasn't at a point where I am now. At that point, I still got to see it pretty early. So I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, um. I think I saw it the day it opened overseas. Mm-hmm. They had a press screening scheduled that evening. Um, mm-hmm. And for a Disney movie, that was early for me. Mm-hmm. But these, like, clearly they knew what they had. Like they have a very winning film as far as right. the interactions. Like we're, so we're talking all over this opening because frankly, I think the opening is the weakest part of this film. That said, having mm-hmm. I watched this before Infinity War last year. I will be e- right back. And either... Either the film just has worn me down at this point, or I'm just oh, been overstating it because I haven't wa- I hadn't watched it in a while. But the opening's fine. Like it's not. It is. It's not. It like, has to start. Yeah, it has. To, yeah, it does. But like <laughs> you're starting with. I mean, Fury. It's fun to see, but you're starting with a lot of the you know kind of characters you don't really care about. You have Colby Smolders here for the first time. Where was Maria Hill? Where it's like I don't really know her. You get Jeremy Renner finally introduced after his kind of cameo in Thor. Mm-hmm. Where it's like okay, he's here, but he's just like a dude. You yeah, you have Skarsgård back from Thor. And it's like, well, that's fun, I guess. But like, yeah, you got Thor's like, a bunch yeah, of you, Thor got Thor's le- you have Thor's leftovers. Like, it's it's yeah. funny the the movie you most need to see leading into this movie is Thor. Like, as far as yeah. the, kind of the plot goes, like that's the that's the movie it's writing on for you to be like, yeah, the, like the Iron movie. Man, mm-hmm. the first Iron Man and Thor. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's really it. Yeah, like you can like that this doesn't speak to quality of set movies because you know I'm, I'm a big captain america first avenger fan but like it it, it does um it, well it yeah is, yeah that's what i mean yeah yeah like it, captain it, america it, you could just pick up from here yeah it, but it just it is interesting of like what kind of story they wanted to tell it's like well we need tesseract stuff and like you need to understand tony stark to a point so it's like the, those are the movies <laughs> we, we we need to count on right and then, you look, uh, I mean, the stuff like this is like, okay, we're starting the Avengers movie and we get, like, a generic car chase through a bland tunnel. It's like stuff like that. So we're like, yeah, I, I can see why. <laughs> like, it just, it, it's not the most exciting of starts, despite all these this is special like a, effects taking like place. like a 90s superhero movie start. That wasn't Sam Jackson. He does not run. <laughs> that, was, that was a stunt double. Never. <laughs> Sam Jackson does not run. <laughs> I do, I do like that um, Captain Marvel, um, small spoilers, revisits this location. Like, we don't see right, much yeah. of this initial S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. So, like, Captain Marvel spends a good chunk of its second act in this location that gets destroyed by Loki in the first act. So, but, like, how different the movie just looks. 
Yeah. As they were back then. Well, they're, I mean, even compare, I mean, so, Scott has more to say about this too. We didn't get a lot of flack for the look of this movie. And it, it it's a I don't I want I don't want to call it a mixed bag, but I will say you know there are scenes of people talking that don't have much dynamic. No, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, not yeah. much dynamism to it. Like it, it's not, it's just television most, side shows. Yeah. It's not it's not the most expressive. That said, I mean like he's he made Serenity before this, and Serenity's a good looking mm-hmm. movie. Like it, right. for, especially for a low budget sci fi movie. Like it looks pretty good. He knows uh, how to do trailer shots, money shots really well. Like yeah, he. Because he's just got to, it's it's not so much, I mean, in execution, he just, he can bring what he thinks in his head is cool to, to fruition really well. But mm-hmm. in the the stuff he's, you know, known for is, you know, his dialogue, his talking scenes, they are rather static, yeah. Well, yeah and just the, so the locations they have to use for, like a lot of it's the helicarrier, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's cool that they're on a helicarrier, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's mostly just gray building, gray building space or whatnot. Right. There's another scene of Sam Jackson not running, but you know he did a little role, I guess. <laughs> so, oh. um, I just I'm amused by Sam, like because he, like it's like practically in his contract. It's like I'm not gonna run. I'll shoot guns. I'll stand up. I'll do what that kind of stuff. I'm not gonna run anywhere. <laughs> like, that's 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 not happening. The John Shaft law. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, the look of this film. Yeah, there's you know directorially there's yeah it, it seems like it's if anything of i think age of ultron which i'm a bigger fan of than seemingly most it seems even though it made a billion point four dollars um i um i think part of his goal there not only to tell that story i like that credit drop that's fun mm-hmm. um with the little sun and everything i like how every avengers movie says avengers at the beginning of it you know all the other marvel movies pretty much don't say their title anymore until the end credits right like, all all four avengers so far um, three Avengers, um, mm-hmm. upcoming presumably four. All, all of them had the title at the beginning, um, which is nice. Um, I do like seeing titles, <laughs> but I think I like so. This, I love this. Uh, sorry, this mm-hmm. little mini movie we get here. With, yeah, uh, Black Widow's the end of this Black Widow movie. <laughs> yes, I, I just love it. Well, watch the Black Widow spinoff like end with this scene. Um, oh, why watch that be the thing? Uh, but what I was saying with Age of Ultron, I do think Whedon among among the things he was trying to do was one of them was try to um, kind of prove himself as a visual director because I do think that movie looks really good. It, mm-hmm. it has it, it has a lot of it, it shot it's it shot uh, like two thirty five as opposed to one eight five for this movie. Right, and it and it has a kind of a, it has a distinct feel to it. It feels uh, loose comparison. You look at like and because I think both of these movies I'm going to mention are better, but uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible Fallout, McQuarrie clearly wanted to make a different looking movie, one with a different vibe from the first time he did a Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. And I think Whedon tries to do that with Age of Ultron. I think he does try to like oh, mix yeah. it up as far as what he's accomplishing from a visual standpoint. I believe mm-hmm. it's the... Because Seamus McGarvey did this one. Did he do Age of Ultron? I'm trying to... Offhand. Uh, for cinematography. Um, but regardless, this movie, revisiting it last year, again, I, you know, I think about it now because like a lot of the Marvel movies are 235, I think, at this point. like It's rare that they're, and let alone the IMAX stuff that they do. I yeah. do like that this one is when, if I'm looking at the, like, the no, big, it, kind of it full frame it of it, 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 yeah. it, it does because it gives it this kind of, you mentioned the trailer shots, it give, it really has an emphasis on those when you get those big moments. You can really, mm-hmm. like that, that sh- just that shot of Loki alone, his entire face filling up the screen, that's you know, there's something iconic about this film. 
which I, I like, even if it's not my absolute it, it, favorite MCU film, there's something about the iconography that really stands out in this movie. Right. And it's not just the, the, yeah, the, the aspect, it's just, it looks big. It feels big. Mm. You like, Oh man, this needs to be on a big screen rather than a lot of one. I mean, a lot of Indies are shot in this aspect ratio. Don't feel that way. Yeah. Um, he's just got a good, cause he has colors to wear. I mean, as bland mm-hmm. as some of the scenery is, I mean, the, the cut, the characters are all colorful. They're all designed right. to like, you know, the black widow's hair. She has red hair. Hulk is dressed in purples and greens. Tony Stark, he has his own look. Cap is very blue beyond his suit. He just has, that kind mm-hmm. of hue to him like there's all these different things i think that really they pop i mean it feels like a comic book movie like right. for that reason and now uh, like ben davis did the cinematography in the uh, age of ultra w- by the way it's a forgotten kind of era but like scarlett johansson i i've been a big fan of her since ghost world but for like years leading up to this like this movie like reignited her and and some sort of in like stardom and it see almost seems like interest in movies because she was gone for like a year's period where she just seemed bored in movies but she, she became like the, you know a hollywood it girl as far as you know lost in translation comes out you know, yeah she breaks big there and then she's in a variety of different movies that don't quite know what like she doesn't know what she's really like being you know mm-hmm. hired on for and well, now, i mean even she's, in she's iron man and, 2 mm-hmm. she looks looks bored um and then <laughs> And then here, like, just, boom, reignited, and she's been, like, on fire since, like, anything she's in. Well, she's I largely mean, involved, and Scott, you know this, she's she been largely involved in genre stuff, right? Yeah, right. she, yeah. I think, that, like, you know, I say this a lot, but, like, she reminds me of Anthony Hopkins, in which she has a reputation as a very distinguished, prestigious actor, but I think is more at home and more comfortable in sort of unapologetic full fiction. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think she's great in the spirit. Not much else is great in the spirit, but she's great in the spirit. Um, that was the first time I ever realized she was funny. Um, and Ruffalo, I mean, it, it, it's for a lot of people that don't generally follow smaller cinema and or rom-coms, this was their introduction to Mark Ruffalo. Right. Mark Ruffalo is your best friend if you're going into a rom-com, because if it's yeah. bad, he'll make it entertaining. Absolutely, and he's been kicking he's it. One you know. of the reasons why Thirteen Going on Thirty is a is a you know, modern classic, frankly. What was the Reese Witherspoon new one? Just like Heaven, just like heaven. heaven. not a yeah. good movie, but like he's heaven. he's enjoyable yeah. as hell in it. Yeah, and the uh, Jennifer, great. that terrible Jennifer Aniston, Kevin Costner movie. Yeah, that's when I realized, wow, this guy is good no matter what. Yeah, he he's like uh, the John Cusack of his era. Yeah. Yeah, I mostly uh, hadn't seen Ruffalo's, like, mainstream stuff, so I mainly knew him from, like, the darker indie stuff that he'd been doing. I'd know him from You Can Count On Me or Eternal Sunshine or In The Cut. So it's like, <laughs> all right, there's a lot lighter Mark Ruffalo over here. Like, he's had some, his share. And, like, uh, like Zodiac was a big one as well. Uh, it's more mainstream, uh, but still which dark. He, the big news was they bumped Ed Norton out of here. And yeah. as, if, as if it feels like... I don't know. Incredible Hulk is like you know part of the plan or whatever, but it feels like it was a last minute. Okay, let's include this one because Tony Stark's scene in that movie wasn't there until like after Iron Man was huge, right? And then they went back and added that little scene. I'm not sure what the timeline is for that, honestly. As far as and, <laughs> and it's like, do we really it does because it, it's on like this? the way it's fit, the way it fits into that film. It does clearly feel like an add-on. But it's like I I I was I've been curious like what the actual planning was as far as like do we need to have something like this to connect these two mm-hmm. is that going to be fun like did they because they had like a month between Iron Man and Incredible Hulk right right like, so it's completely possible I don't doubt it that's for sure 
we're talking about this because yes, we're in the Hulk introduction scene. I like how this movie like introduces each of the characters very slowly to us. Like I said little mini movies mm-hmm. with the introductions. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, and they they're, have, they're all cleverly oh, set up. And, they, they have a distinct yeah. look. Like this is all set what in India, right? And uh, yeah. and and it has this kind of like earthy feel to it. It, it feels distinct from the last scene with mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson's introduction, and it feels distinct from the scene before that. And and you know after. But is is Cap after this, right? And then uh, Iron Man's last. I know that. Yeah. Um, so. I do like that this movie gives us the focus of the characters that we haven't been seeing in movies already. Like, I mean, every all the other heroes, their main characters, they get their stuff. But like, we feel more invigorated with like this Black Widow, the Hulk, because he's a new, you know, well, character. Yeah. They, they, and even Nick Fury gets a spotlight comparatively. Mm-hmm. And we get some, um, you know, Loki. Well, yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, this is an event. It's a shield movie. Like that's really yeah. what it comes down to. And it has to be like, we need to get these people in here. Cause they're going to help us out with this crazy thing that's going on. But they're, they're not just tacked on. They are. No, yeah, they feel like the characters. I mean, the, first person, yeah. the first main person you see as far as like the central cast is what Maria Hill is Colby Smulders, right? Like, right. Yeah. like the first like main character. And then yeah, that, cause... and then, and then uh, what Hawkeye comes in, even though he gets kind of the, you know, the short shrift of all this. Right. But... He'll get it next movie, uh, but I mean, like to when a point people... that people hate. <laughs> right, <laughs> I don't. I think the whole farm yeah. is brilliant, but it's it a... adds I, to. I, I... Um, and I think that was, from what I gather, that was one of the reasons Josh Whedon came back was to give a spotlight to the people that didn't have their own franchises: Hawkeye, Black Widow, uh, Bruce Banner, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, and everybody left this movie, Hulk Maniacs and, Scar- and Black Widow Maniacs. Like, they were the mm-hmm. two probably most popular people coming off of this this film. Well, I, I think I, this... I think it, 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 I did so think it wonders for everybody, honestly, with maybe the exception of Hawkeye. But, I mean, I think everyone gets their kind of time to shine. Well, I think, you, get yeah, some, Cap- yeah, you, you get some... I personally think Captain America came off kind of lame in this. Um... He could, but he I winds mean, up being uh, the most popular. Yeah, you know, and, and he's yeah, got he's got maybe the most maybe the most memes and gifs out of this movie. Um, well, I mean, just if you look at you know in terms of what he does in the film, you know, he, whatever. I mean, it, 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 it's I hey, don't Batman v Superman, well, Superman him a bit in I, this movie. I, I, I disagree a bit. though because I think he he is the one that brings everyone together. As I mean, besides Fury, uh, like he is he becomes the leader of. I mean, I think the smartest thing about this film is that it's not the Robert Downey Jr. show. He's, well, certainly, yeah, they, he's certainly the star, and he has the most like screen charisma because he's Robert Downey Jr. But I do think Whedon did a great job of being like, "Hey, you can't be, you know, you're not number one. It's not it, it, they don't Wolverine him in the way right. in the way that the X Men films do, which they easily could have done at this point with both Iron Man films being so huge and Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. being Sherlock Holmes and all like being just on the the biggest person in the world at that point. They easily could have made this the Wolverine show, you know, Iron Man and the Avengers, but they don't. I, yeah. I, I don't think they, if there is flaws with this film, it's that there's maybe not a strong enough central focus that it could have. But Well, I they do it, cut Captain America subplots. They do, yeah. yeah. I, but, I, I, but I don't think he, I don't think he comes off as like having lesser than compared to everyone else. I do think right. that by the end of this movie, you understand that he has a certain arc he's going through, but he's also the guy that's kind of bringing everyone together. He's giving the orders. Yeah. He's, the, he's the team leader. And it's well, sneak- it, better in the end than he does in the middle. Yeah. It well, sneakily sure, yeah. gets his fish out of water stuff out of the way in this movie. So his next one, not so bad. You know, you don't have to really think about it because you've been through it. Kind of cheats his way to his sequel because mm-hmm. we've yeah. not seen him in present day. And this one kind of, he's here. So we don't have to do that in Winter Soldier. 
It's a tough task to ask because, I mean, he had the, the movie that performed the least, right, before the... I mean, what, Incredible yeah. Hulk maybe? But, like, I think Cap's movie... Oh, well, yeah, behind Incredible Hulk, yeah. But, but even Hulk, like, you know Hulk. Like, he's had two movies, even if one of them doesn't necessarily it, count, and he's Hulk. He's been around for years. Yeah, he had a television series. Cap is, yeah. like... You know, Cap, the Cap... We've talked about this probably in the our first Avenger commentary, also available on iTunes, but Cap is such a... You know, we're we're at a certain point when Cap's introduced where it's like, do we need a guy called Captain America headlining a movie? Like, is that going to look good? <laughs> Chris, and, and they Chris, pulled that off. Chris Evans did the impossible. He got the kids to finally put take down their Red Brown posters and put up Chris Evans posters. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I do think you know, among many, many accomplishments, I do believe that, you know, their ability to make Captain America into a viable character without, you know, making him cool, dark, edgy, whatever, is probably their greatest accomplishment. Or, or like, just mm -hmm. frustratingly jingoistic. Like, not like yeah. there's, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but there's a bad way to handle yeah. it, and they didn't do that. Like, they've made him a guy that you believe in. Yeah, yeah they didn't make Maybe. him a jerk like in the Ultimates. Yeah, mainly because the, you know, skinny Steve is so goddamn successful in the first part of First Avenger, yeah. where it's like, a, and, so, mm -hmm. and, that, and, it, and his character doesn't change after he becomes big. So it's like, yeah, it's it's kind of perfect that way. Um, this looks expensive. That's always the thought I have when they do, <laughs> when they cut to this shot because I know this movie has yeah. a huge budget, but it's like all of this is CG. This this has to be very expensive. <laughs> like, that's the only thought I have. It's like he's underwater, he's building something, he comes out. It's like that that's that that's a bunch of money that they just spent right there. Well, they use the you know I, it, it, at the risk of stating the obvious. They use their money very judiciously to make the movie feel bigger than it probably was. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, this shot, the first scene in the, when the helicopter takes off, there are moments that are meant to imply, you know, simplistically speaking, you know, this is the biggest movie since Return of the King, you know, whatever. Um, but, and... There is a grandeur to it. I mean, we'll talk about it yeah. when we get to the big battle, but the big battle in Manhattan, like, they filmed that in Chicago, but, like, the visual of the ILM... Did it a bit like I think New Yorkers know this too. ILM did an amazing job of recreating the actual locations that they're in. Like everything Wait, geographically they, adds up. <laughs> they filmed it in Ohio, didn't they? Was it, sorry, did I say, it, yeah. That's what did I say? Did I say Chicago? Yeah. I, I, I meant that's Cleveland. for Batman. I meant Cleveland. Yeah. They showed Cleveland is where they shot it. But they recreated like act like and they and then the visual effects were just filled in all the gaps of where everything is. Like they did the job to make it look like it was that that part of Manhattan. This and stuff is this fun. Like, like all this stuff is fun, but it's really kind of you know it's generally impressive imagery, but it's being treated as sort of oh okay we can do this because we're an Avengers movie. It, and it like you have two Tony Stark movies to get that like yeah he's this guy that just has all this stuff he can do all these things like it all kind of works. I like this. This is all fun. You have yeah. Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. and Gwyneth Paltrow like who have great chemistry together like they're just having a bunch of fun. And then there's like the runner joke with like Pepper and agent colson like they just like they talk because they're friends like and they like they know she calls him phil <laughs> she calls him phil phil's having like relationship problems like it's just like little stuff on the side that like it just works like it works to make the movie feel grounded and fun they make a point to have almost every major character talk to every other major character at least once or twice mm -hmm. um which of course that's what we really come for yes the action is important and the action is great but it's the character work that's why we show up um I think to a certain extent that might have been, you know, up to a point why 
Captain America was at some of a disadvantage that he didn't have a supporting cast that could show up. You know, even you know, yeah, Thor had Stellan Skarsgård <laughs> to a point. No, I would say, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know though. I've, I, are you speaking to like Cap's the three Cap well, movies or not? But, <laughs> no, no, I, at this point in time. Oh, okay. Because in the Cap movies, like he's got, like, no, no, especially I, in the latter yeah. two, he's got Falcon, Bucky. Little, and I mean Bucky. <laughs> I mean, you know, Bucky, sure. Everybody, but, has, yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody in the first yeah. movie is basically dead by this point. So yeah, okay. Um. Well, that, that, but that's what I okay. To, to get and back, that work to get to get that to, to get back to that point. That's why I think Cap has interesting stuff to go through just as much as everybody else because he's at this yeah. place where he doesn't have everybody and he's kind of involved with this this government organization that he doesn't know what's going on and he's being slowly dissolute. It, it's why it fits really well to where Winter Soldier goes, at least yeah. initially, because he's like <laughs> he he goes from being a guy that just simply has nothing but this to respect to a guy that's like suspicious of Fury's secret secrecy. And he has to come around to being like, well, at least I have this super team that I can kind of do things the way that works for me, <laughs> like, as far as sticking to my guns. <laughs> That's a lot of files. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that that. that... You know, a guy that for all intents and purposes was a red shirt in the first Iron Man that I was, you know, generally surprised when he didn't die at the end. Turns out to be, you know, this hugely important character for the entire MCU. For um, for phase one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he, you know, dies. And then they never speak of him again. Phase one. <laughs> but I mean, I wouldn't even, I mean... He has a he has I mean in Iron Man he has a role like he introduces well, Shield yeah. like he, no I, I hear what you're saying as far as he, yeah. he could be just but at the same time it's like he has a lot of he has a bit of screen time in Iron Man like he's not just like there for a scene he's in for most of that second half of that movie as far as pop oh absolutely um... I like and, and you know here you give him a little bit more dimension like he's pretty unflappable in the other movies and here he's like geeking out because Captain America's in by him like this is the guy he respects and, like. Yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't know how to talk. He's at a loss for words. And I like how they, they tie Cap and, and Hulk together with that uh, little bit here. Well, like, it's Whedon doing stuff that he kind of knows how to do, which is tying mm-hmm. people that are outsiders for varying reasons together, which is what most of these guys are. Like, you know, Cap's a guy lost in time. Hulk's, you know, he's Hulk. Like, he doesn't belong anywhere. <laughs> and, uh, Revs, I mean, they... Do a lot with Black Widow to explain that she has a really dark past that she's trying to contend right. with. Thor is we even talking about Thor because he doesn't come into this movie till later, but Thor is like just that you know he's out in Asgard trying to figure things out. Like, they, and even Tony Stark, he's like, all right, I, I'm, I just build these things now and like I'm I'm super rich, but who 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 do I care about beyond Pepper? Like, it's all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. He just keeps mastering this stuff and getting better and better, and it culminating in Justice League. So <laughs> that's weird, right? That the guy, the guy who yeah. made this made Justice yeah. League like it's more. He, it's, he did both big. Yeah, yeah. It's it's more weird that that's the the logic you go with, where it's like, well, we can't get this guy to do the movie who's established a very specific tone. So let's get someone that has very opposite instincts on how you would make this kind of movie to complete the series of films. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I, I, I mean, say what you will. I know there's the, you know, passionate BVS fans out there and, you know, the Unleash the Snyder Cut League of Soldiers out there, like, you know, good, good for you guys and everything. But it's like, you know, we, we, Whedon's fun and all, but it's like, this is not the, this is not the person you should be signing on to, like, do a film, like, who has so many instincts that are way on the other end of the spectrum compared to Snyder. Mm-hmm. That's not even a, that's not even a, a mark on like quality of either director. That's just basic understanding of what you see in their films. It's like yeah, yeah. you don't hire Woody Allen if it's a Spike Lee movie. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah they're like, both New York, but right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like where's wow. the get the get the second unit guy from Three Hundred who did Rise of an Empire? Like get him to finish Justice League. Yeah. Like, um, here's some space stuff. It was this very unapologetic fantasy work in its first act of the film. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's a certain amount of trust to the audience, and obviously the audience liked it well, just fine. Well, we saw uh, Thor. If you saw Thor, which is like when you were gone there, uh, Aaron and I were talking about like the only prerequisites for this movie are the first Iron Man and Thor. Yes. In fact, that's a post layer. <laughs> the 10 essential movies that you really only, you know, you don't need to see the other 12 if you don't want to. And yeah, it's basically Thor, Iron Man, and the Avengers. For the phase one, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this, uh, I mean, something to, like, Avengers is remarkably simple. I mean, for, yeah. for, as far as the plot goes. Like, it's really straightforward. It's straightforward in the same way that, like, Force Awakens is straightforward. It's like, you know you know what, there's a thing, we gotta stop it. Like, there's not, there's there's a lot of characters to balance, which is, you know, that's why you get Joss Whedon to do this. But, like, the main plot is, like... Dude has a cube. You need to get that cube away from him. Like that's 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 what it comes down to. And but to do that, you have to do a lot of like really pretty silly superhero bullshit. Like you have to you have to show <laughs> scenes of a villain explaining things to him, and it's like yeah, that's vague and cryptic, but I guess it works because it's set in space, so it looks kind of neat. I guess like it's just it's just sitting there in front of you, like yeah, all right, we we signed on for this, so I guess we got to go with it. Like that's so we got a goofy huh. guy in a mask played by Alexis Denisov from Angel. Like yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> And now the and now the cosmic stuff's just like natural. Yeah, now like, it's just well, like yeah, we're going you, to whatever. You remember the big deal was like, how does Iron Man tie into like a God of Thunder fantasy thing? Like I don't know how that's gonna work. Mm-hmm. And now we don't even think twice because that was a big concern because Iron Man was pretty much grounded. Yeah. And and it was um, like, how's this gonna happen? And I think Iron Man three, you know, maybe this movie does it, and then Iron Man three, like capitalizes on no this works and it just with the reaction of to of how tony stark reacted to the events of this movie uh, solidifies that it did work I'm or very fa- work. i'm very fascinated by what like theology is like in these in these comic book universes at this point where you know like thor and asgard like gods exist and there's also other dimensions there's aliens like what are what are earth's like religious leaders doing at this point in time with all this stuff going on there's a there's a fucking doomsayer ending half the universe out there like what's I mean, there's what, new cults forming to yeah, worship I assume, right different things yeah. which again i don't i'm not trying to hark too much on batman v superman but that's stuff that i would find fascinating for them to explore which they seem to want to do but don't know how to pull it off like that's the Superman stuff I was really enjoying in that movie that yeah. just doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> Batman keeps butting in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. 
Um, like you, you have your, and that's that's very similar to the DC universe. That has time yeah. travel, Greek gods that actually existed. Apparently, like, there's all kinds of stuff <laughs> going on in that universe. <laughs> Aliens uh, from other planets. <laughs> um, what I do think was was, you know, intentional or not, was a terrific idea. Was that after two films of Bruce Banner as the most dour and grim and somber and tortured guy. You know, Ruffalo shows up and he's almost comic relief. Not quite, mm-hmm. but he's, he's a he's a lot lighter and jovial and you know borderline goofy. And b the film finally figures out that the way you make Hulk work is to you know let him smash bad guys. That's the that's the secret though, Scott. Everybody's comic relief. <laughs> Every, yeah. Everyone everyone gets to be funny in this movie. Like, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which is that's a weed and, oh. that's a weed and touch right there, but yeah. I mean, it's like every, everyone gets to crack a joke in this movie. Um, People obviously I don't mean, like jokes because we all hated the Last Jedi; it was too jokey. But you know that's just I, how things work. Uh, um, jokes we just we don't need joke, and that's why we can't oh, like the Marvel. There, there are no place for jokes Ragnarok. in movies. Yeah, that's why Ragnarok is just the worst movie the of all first time. First comedic Marvel universe movie. <laughs> it was the first one. Yeah, it's the first one that's like yeah. we should do jokes. Yeah, <laughs> they were never, never funny there before. Were no jokes beforehand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like a little. It was a little rascal side. It said no women and no jokes on it. Like, they just battered that one down. <laughs> I like that's a that yeah. fucking moment right there where Cap yep. missing yeah. the money is the funny. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> and mainly because there's no dialogue. That's such a great like. There's so many little touches like that throughout this movie. <laughs> just like, like it's a joke set up way earlier, and he just gives the money. No, no dialogue to explain why that's happening. You just have to, you just roll with it because you get it. Like it's just a, it's a good setup yep. and a good payoff. Um, seeing a helicarrier is really cool. Like you know you you see this. They did they they hid that from the marketing, right? I don't think they we saw the helicarrier in the shot. No, they didn't. And so it's like. Seeing stuff like this, being, you know, all of us, I assume, were people that, like, at least had some familiarity with the Avengers, at least. Like, there's certain things that you expect to see in an Avengers movie or something with S.H.I.E.L.D. heavily involved. So seeing a helicarrier for the first time rise out of the water like that, that's one of those cool, like, wow, this is happening. We're making this movie now. Like, we've seen, Mm -hmm. like, this is real. Like, we really are doing an Avengers movie. Like, it's that kind of feeling that you just, you don't, you weren't getting at that point. Like yeah, we got like Spider Man. We got to see certain things, but it's like, oh, this is happening. Like we're seeing, we're seeing a helicarrier rise out of the water now. Like we're really going deep. Um, no, they really didn't have that. No, I, I think that was one of the reasons, for better or worse, why the marketing was lacking is because they were almost like they were trying to hide the main location of the movie. Because you know the entire you know this the there's what probably about like a good hour that takes place entirely on the helicarrier, give or take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it, you, you spoke already about how the money is being spent here. Like, yeah, you don't yeah. go many, like this movie does have a sense of scope because you are visiting like Germany and you go to the, the woods and you go to New York <laughs> or whatnot. But yeah, a lot of the movie is these people on this ship talking in rooms. Yes. Um, Luma. Hydra. Yeah. Hydra. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they didn't uh, to eggline the Avengers Europe on the posters. 
<laughs> well, that's that's the that's the Russo's game. Avengers, Europe. My favorite one of those is for Infinity War when it just says space. <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> which had, which is like clearly like an in joke to people that complain about that. Oh, it's like, hey, you listen to commentary. Was that you know a knowing joke on their yeah, own they, part? Yeah, they pointed they pointed it out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's a joke. Good on them. Space. <laughs> it's perfect. This is probably as dark as it gets in this movie, right? When like Loki takes a guy and pulls his eye out. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's probably the most grotesque violence you're going to see. Yeah, like, it's, and even just, like, content-wise, it's like that and, like, maybe Loki, like, evoking Nazism. Like, those two things, I'm like, yeah, all right, this is a bad guy. <laughs> like, that's, that's what I have to go with here. But as oh. we all know now, thanks to the Disney Avengers website, Loki's just under the spell of the <laughs> of his staff, right? That's that's what we're, we have well, to do. Well, that was kind of implied in this movie. I, or at least it was, I mean... I, it, I don't. I don't think that they've retconned it, um, but at yeah. the same time, I don't think they emphasize it enough. I think it could, you can glean that just from the way mm-hmm. the staff does make the Avengers all bicker against each other. Yeah, but just I think I mean, it's just accentuated his dickishness. I guess I just think yeah. Loki's already a villain, so I, I I don't think about the fact that he's under some kind of trance. Right. I just think he's a villain. Like that's he's doing yeah. villain shit. <laughs> it's not <laughs> like he changes after this movie. Like in the next Thor movie, he you know double crosses then he fakes he his double, own death but it's like it, it's not as you know he's not pulling eyes out of people like he's more facetious yeah. <laughs> yeah he's more he's a trickster that's what that's his thing he's doing he's, he's tricking yeah i mean it's, it's like that old uh detective or batman issue where the all of a sudden the riddler starts killing babies because he's you know possessed by some random demon and yeah he's a bad guy but oh dark knight dark city yes uh god so yeah but i always took it as you know and Grant, he got the staff. He made the choice to use it, probably with the full intent of knowing what was going to happen. But yes, it accentuated his personality to make, you know, a con man into a mass murderer. Yeah. Hey, if uh, if uh, Dom Toretto can take in a guy who murdered one of his <laughs> friends and took out his house as family or me familia, Loki can... Loki can uh... Um, and this wouldn't have been an issue if he had died in the dark world like he was supposed to. Because that, that death is supposed to stick. But in the, oh, the after this? Yeah. You know, if he comes back in Thor the Dark World and dies for real, then, you know, whatever. But because they kept bringing him back, then they kind of now have to kind of explain why he's not, you know, the most hated man in the universe. Because fans. Well, he... He does have that like regard though. Like he doesn't go back to like even when he goes back to Earth, Doctor Strange is like, "Fuck off!" Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, you, yeah, I got to deal with this now. Like, if are you going to be <laughs> here? Is your brother here? I got to deal with that now. Is he not going to be here? <laughs> Fine. Okay, get out of here. Like, what a wonderful scene. Um, that's a good like benefit of these of these Avengers movies as far as yeah. you don't because they're not focused on the character. You can let the character be the idealized version of the character right you don't yeah. need to go through tony stark's arc to get him to be iron man you don't need to go through thor's arc to get him to be thor you could just have an avengers movie where dude's thor dude's iron man dude's cap like they're the yeah. versions that you expect to see of them when they're all teamed up together so you can establish them as different personalities and even and that even goes for having cameos like we're mentioning with dr strange and thor ragnarok where it's like he doesn't have to like be the brooding Stephen Strange trying to figure out things. He's already stuck. He's already Doctor Strange. Like he's already having fun. Yeah. That's why he's a blast mm-hmm. in Infinity War as well. Like he gets to just be a, a a version of the wizard that makes the most sense. 
There's wizards too, yeah. In addition to aliens and gods, <laughs> there's all kinds of things. <laughs> wizards. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing we didn't uh, never forget is the other people and yeah. like the the crew on the airship, the, the people mm-hmm. in this crowd. The you know later in the movie when they're saving things, there's uh, you know people get other the random people the extras get to contribute yeah here I mean, and there each, these two avengers less so with infinity war mainly because it's so well it's not weed for one thing but it's also just there's like none of so, that there's the, the pace the pace is so focused on what it's doing it's so right it's, it doesn't have time to be involved because really there's no no one's in threat in infinity war it's all based off the mm-hmm. avengers because they have the stones or it's based on other planets but in the these especially these two avenger movies they are focused on saving people. Like, that is their main goal in here. I mean, people talk about, again, we'll talk about this later with the Manhattan battle, but people talk about how it seems like it's taking place in one area. It's like, well, yeah, it's because the Avengers are specifically trying to focus the attacks in one area so it doesn't get bigger than that. Like, it makes it makes sense for what they're doing. And to it's some degree, narrative. Favreau seems to include people in his Iron Man movies, too. I mean, yeah. this whole fr- I mean, I can't think of a, one of these MC movies that just willfully causes destruction around civilian areas without them addressing the fact that they're causing destruction around civilian areas. Yeah. Well, I'm, this, I'm saying more so, like, noticeably having moments with people okay, um, I see. Okay, and I interaction. Not not that they don't acknowledge it. No, though, they're, they're very good at that. I see. Okay, so I see what you're saying. You're, you're, you're mentioning more of the fact that they're having, like, that old man... Like, I can recognize a scene, recall a scene where mm-hmm. people were contributing. Like, we point out, like, later on on the ship, there's the guy playing Tetris. We know him because he, you know, there's little moments that the Avengers aren't just in each other's business. They recognize the world around them a bit more place, within scenes. Especially the Ultimate Edition. That's one of the reasons I still somewhat defend Batman v Superman. Because it is just as interested in everyone else. Um... How successful it is, that's a debate for another yeah, day. Yeah, yeah I see. But, yeah. but luckily, everyone has gone home for the day, and that area is no longer populated. Oh, I just mean just sort of, you know, <laughs> Holly Hunter's arc. And, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the stuff. You've talked about this before. The stuff character. that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in Justice League, they try to do that with the random Russian family that just takes wow. you out of it every single time. <laughs> yeah. uh, regard, I don't want to keep doing that. I want to. I want to yeah. keep focus on this movie. But um... the, that, yeah, that makes a, an X Men movie's big climax seem global, right? That's, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, dude, talking about apocalypse where everything mm-hmm. he lifts the whole world, and the whole world's like, oh, that was rough, right? Oh, good thing we're better now. Like, there's just <laughs> nothing involved uh-huh. in that. I like that Thor just comes in angry in this movie. Honey, the X Men are in a junkyard. It's on the news. <laughs> Our world might die. Uh, but don't fear mutants. Um, I. <laughs> it's, it's a nice way to kick off the second act of the movie. Yeah, because it is. Yeah. we haven't had him yet, which is weird because you know, as you mentioned, this is probably more of a Thor sequel than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet Thor doesn't show up for the first 45, 43 minutes. Yeah, but well, but we've had Skeleton Skarsgård, we've had Loki, yeah. uh, yeah. we had Hawkeye who cameoed in Thor. Yeah, you had the other three <laughs> Thor favorites <laughs> besides Kat Dennings and Natalie Portman. <laughs> and uh, what's her name? Um, from, um, oh, what's it? From Babel. Lady, who was nominated Lady for Best Sif? No, not Lady Sif. No, the, 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 the Mexican actress who was in Babel that got nominated for Best Supporting Actress, Adriana. Oh! Valencia, uh, I believe. Uh, who was she was in Thor and she's in the New Mexico town, but she's like all of her scenes are deleted, so she's just kind of like a random like waitress in that in that oh, movie. Wow. <laughs> oh, and the I need a horse scene. Yes. 
Or no, uh, bring me another. Yes, yeah, that, yes, in there. It's it's like a two street town. It doesn't matter. She's one of those people. <laughs> I do like that the but I like that Thor just derives like pissed off. Like that's his whole mood. <laughs> he just like immediately snatches Loki and they're like, We're gonna do Shakespeare for a while. <laughs> like, let's get on this cliff. Let's have and a Mufasa a let's, let's have a Mufasa scar scene right here. Yeah. And even though it's pretty obvious that this is, you know, a set with a rock, it still works. Yep. There are, you know, there are scale issues in this film. Like, you know, the outer space sequences with Loki, the one that opens the film and the one later. It's like, pretty, you know, it, it's not. They're on an asteroid. You know, it, like, they're on, yeah, like, some random like rock somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, you know, when, uh, the first time I heard that Robert Downey Jr. Shakespeare in the Park joke, I died. <laughs> Downey's interaction with all these people for the first time is all fun. Like. Mm-hmm. Let alone, he arrives, that we've talked over, but he arrives in Germany blasting his own theme music. That's great. In addition to like helping out, he's like, I'm going to blast some ACDC to announce that I'm arriving on the scene right now. Man, or Captain America can't take care of it himself. Thor uh, looks a lot better in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he in the first movie he has like his his eyebrows are dyed blonde to match his hair, which is ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> um, and like he doesn't have the arm gauntlets. He'll get them later on in this movie. His, but co- his, his costumes like more streamlined. It's a bit more tight. Yeah. But like Hemsworth's also just like more in it now. <laughs> like he, he's you know he's well, he's he's had a chance know, to do this. So he's playing an idealized version of the character. Yeah. But I mean, even oh. just in general physical aesthetics, like he just looks better yeah. as Thor this time around than the first movie. The wig looks better. How much suit is Downey wearing in this movie? It's got to be just the top, right? How much what? How much suit is he wearing when it's not just CG? Oh. Uh... It's got to be just like the top at most, I think. Probably. Like, right now, there's none of him. Like, he's not involved in this movie at all. (laughs) Trailer shot. Yeah, we talk a lot about Kenneth Branagh's Dutch angles. This movie, (laughs) it uh, it likes to tilt. Yeah. We we doesn't, you know, he he doesn't shy away from the the tilt aspect here. That's a great Jarvis line. (laughs) When Thor shocks him, and he's like, you got 400% power. Yeah, this this battle is just awesome. Yeah, this is a lot of fun, like, you know, kids discussing this type of thing battle. Mm-hmm. Like, well, well, yeah. who would win in a fight? <laughs> would it be Thor or would it be Iron Man? It just, it gives us a natural way for the the heroes to fight each other that doesn't feel hackneyed, silly, just... It's a little hackneyed because it's like uh, these oh. guys meet for the first time and they have to fight each other. <laughs> like that's the yeah. only way we can pronounce. I get the setup's fine because it's like, yeah, he did just steal a guy out of their plane, so they got to figure yeah. out what's going on, and they don't know what's going. They don't know who Thor is. Right. The, yeah. The, at the same time, though, it's like, yeah, we are just having a scene for them to fight in the woods. <laughs> the Fox Forest. Yes. Yeah, the Fox Woods. It's kind of awkward if you know. Thor had won and killed both of them. 
He just he just crushes Iron Man's face. <laughs> and then he sees Cap. Maybe that shield isn't strong enough. He takes the shield and just, <laughs> like, just destroys him. Well, I mean, Thor... Thor is the most powerful of these people, right? I mean, yes. he is a god, but I mean, he like starts a sun in Infinity War, so like it seems like he's seems like he's the one that could get dealt the most pain and still like keep moving. That said, that shield's certainly doing something. I don't know, man. You can't kill Coulson. People have said that show gets a lot better. I'll take their word at it. I mean, if you want to talk about scale, that's a show that does not have much from what I've seen. I watched two seasons, and I'm like, that's a lot of laser tag rooms. I'm, I'm kind of good. Yep. That's a fun shot. We just destroyed this forest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just destroyed this national park. We should probably go. The Avengers Green Initiative. I'm sure in the Zach Penn version of that script, like Wayne Newman, Wayne Knight comes in and like, what's going on here, guys? And then they leave. Or <laughs> so there's a Zach Penn version of the script that Joss Whedon promptly threw out. Uh, I would love to read it out of curiosity. Um, he is he he has a screenplay credit on this film, but none of what he wrote is in this movie. Aside from the Avengers on the title page. <laughs> Even then, it's called Marvel's The Avengers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, there wasn't Hulk like it was originally supposed to be the bad guy in Sorry. early ideas, like a couple I'm... years before they were finished mm-hmm. with Phase One. Mm-hmm. Some some kind of iteration of that, yeah. Well, in the first arc of the Ultimates, which was the you know gritty real world reboot that existed alongside the conventional continuity, you know they fight the they stop the bad guys, but then they have to fight the Hulk at the end. And that's their final big battle, and it all turns on them. But that's to be put down. This sounds like the Godzilla movies I'm currently watching where it's like, okay, we beat the, oh, Godzilla's acting up. We got to talk. We got to take him <laughs> out of the city. <laughs> um, how does this work? I'm, I, I mean, I guess the logic is he wanted to get caught the whole time, but I keep thinking this guy can teleport. How is this like plastic bubble containing him? Am I wrong to hmm. think that? Like, is there something that's no, stopping him from doing it? He's letting him think, but it's playing into his plan. He's letting yeah. him think, fine, there, you've got me. There's a trailer shot. Um, yeah. I guess, right? Because, like, in Dark World, in Asgard, he's got, like, whatever. There's a magic prison, so he can they can keep him in there. Mm-hmm. I get that. This one, it's like, what's supposed to stop him from getting out of this? <laughs> like... So, yes, I guess the logic is, yeah, he's just playing into them, right? That's, that's what mm-hmm. we have to go with. Yeah. And even with Fury, he's like, you can just drop him, like... What is that? Dude, can, I think he can survive a drop, right? Right, yeah. That's why I, I get confused when they drop Thor, too. It's like, he can survive that fall. Like, that's not going to hurt too much. Are you trying to apply for CinemaSins tonight? Or? No, I'm just, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, you know, no, yeah, I, you're I, supposed I to gloss you. over so the comic book tropes can play out accordingly. I, I take it he lets them build a false sense of confidence. That's what yeah, he's like, trying to. Yeah. So, so that, that was how I, I took it. Yeah. And they have Thor, so that that's kind of like, well, if he does anything, we got this guy who caught him before. So. <laughs> they showed Maybe. that scene. They showed that scene at Comic Con, um, where where um, Fury interrogates Loki. Right. They showed that scene um, back in the day. That was one of the first clips they put online. Yeah, because that was the, that was the scene they showed the Comic Con. Yeah. <laughs> 
And it's because it's also it's so not effects heavy. It's just like here's guys yeah. talking to each other, and those actors you like are together in a scene. Like that's what it comes down to. <laughs> Cap's done with casual clothes in the rest of this movie, right? He's just yep. like, I guess I'm wearing this now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's weird that I I didn't mean to leave my my bag on the uh, on the helicopter that brought me here, but I guess I wear my uniform all the time. <laughs> You get that adopted line in here. Like, there's all the good lines. You get all the fun. Downey's talking to Coulson with the, the the subplot of his relationship life. Point break. So everyone's supposed to just get his jokes, right? He's just walking up right. to the... Asgard born Thor and thinking I'll just say point break. <laughs> makes sense. Like, like maybe Ruffalo gets it. That's... <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think Black Widow gets it. Uh, she, the Black Widow fame Black Widow famously hates movies. That's... Oh yeah. <laughs> they always they get it wrong. That's what she says. She watched all the Bond movies, like, nope, none of this. Maria Hill, though, she gets everything. She's a huge cinema. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's crazy for Swayze. <laughs> Banner really goes for a conservative look, right? He's got the pa- shirt tucked into mm-hmm. the pants. Pants are hitched up high. Instead of purple pants, he's got the purple shirt. But he's rolling up the sleeves, though. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's not. He's aware. He's been on this for a while. He's com- getting comfy. Yeah. Down to business. So he's always angry. Yeah, he's pissed right now. I try to think of what that <laughs> means, like in a given moment. Like he's so he's just like boiling with rage all the time. Well, I think he's just always bitter. Yeah, you know, he's, he's he's accepted. He's given himself permission to be angry about the cards fate has dealt him. If that makes sense. I it makes sense. I get it. I just I want to I want to understand what that means on his day to day. He gets that reference <laughs> because he clearly has it under he has it under control at the Galaga scene. That's funny. That's a good like. Yep. That's a good Downey ad lib. And then they're like, I guess we got to make a scene where some guy's playing Galaga now. <laughs> like, that's, that's what that comes down. It's Galaga. I said Tetris earlier. I'm an idiot. It's Galaga. Yeah. But so he, he's he got it enough under control where Downey can, like, randomly shock him and he won't turn into a giant monster on the ship. And he can be, like, Ruffalo. He can be as, you know, laid-back charming as he wants to be. But at a moment's notice, he's just like, I'm pissed off. Like, I can just let it go. I guess you just have to be the Hulk to know the Hulk. Maybe thing. there's, like, a meditative focus on oh, the sure, anger. Yeah, that's, yeah. And then Maybe. when he... And it harnesses, and then yeah, he when, just... when he still looked like Edward Norton, I mean, that's what he was doing, right? He was just, like, yoga posing and meditating a lot. And I guess in Ragnarok, he was always angry, too, for a long time. <laughs> Ragnarok, he was just living the dream. Huh? It's the calming down thing that's tough, too, I guess, right? That's that's the other yeah. part of it. Like, it's, that's, the, that's what it comes to. That's why they... Yeah. Have a, a Age of Ultron, and just like we have to have a whole poem. <laughs> and, hey there, <laughs> hey big guy. Yeah. Hey fella. 
I'm glad Downey's doing like the Brad Pitt school of acting, where he just needs to like eat every scene too. He's got yep. these blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of the things that makes him such a compelling actor is that, and this is even more so in in you know something like Civil War, where he makes exposition look like character development. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, he. That, I mean, even in the Iron Man movies, he makes typing stuff or like doing the in-air stuff with like random computer screens look fun and neat and things like yeah. that. Like he gets that kind. He gets what that is. He gets that he, physical acting really well. I mean, he's a. I mean, he's a fantastic performer. I mean, like he is great in any environment. He makes feel like at home. He makes you feel like he knows what. Like he's very comfortable just in any moment in any scene. He's always been that way. Just people didn't, you know, they took notice at Iron Man. He got a lot. He had the Johnny Depp, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow effect happen with Iron Man, except, uh, but he's got, he also just got, got better movies to do over time. Yeah. Well, he did get like, better movies. Yeah. He's got hella range too. So he's not like limited to just being like, Oh, cause he's got this, the, the him as Tony Stark. He's been, he was that kind of way in, many other movies beforehand mm-hmm. he had that quirk to him but he also he isn't just that all the time yeah uh, i would i mean we just honestly haven't seen him in many things beyond stark in the past 10 years beyond what right. sherlock and what the, the judge the soloist yeah. but yeah. but by, i would say that the flaw of him in those movies is that he's it just it leans so much on the thing that he's good at doing which is mm-hmm. acting like a version of tony stark beforehand that like yeah like i mean chaplin's not a great movie yeah. he's very good in it like it's you know there's move there's roles like that that yes require more of him uh yeah. there's a i mean before he went to prison he uh he shot a quick movie like over a weekend with uh heather graham and natasha Grakes and wagner called two girls two and a girls guy, and guy yeah. which he just it's just a showcase for him like mm-hmm. he does everything and he's 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 great in it uh, yeah I, I i can agree with you that the, yeah there's a as opposed to not necessarily bad, but you know, stars that don't like have a necessarily a huge amount of range, like Tom Cruise or Denzel Washington, where they just play versions of the things that they're good at doing. Right. Yeah. He does. He he's a kind of guy that yeah, you can put into a variety of different roles and see him adapt to that. Zodiac's a good example of that. Actually. Yeah. Too, like. He he like offers that as like a side thing. He's like, do you want the Robert Downey Jr. thing or do you want me to like transform into something else? He could do both. I think Whereas... Cage is good at that too, which has yeah, got, that's gone away. Um, because just where things are with him. But I think Cage is a guy that can really... There's a reason why he can star in City of Angels and Face Off in the same summer. Right, exactly, yeah. (laughs) Those are the same summer, right? 97? That's that's both. That's a Cage summer. Uh, 98 for City of Angels. Is it 98? Okay. I just didn't feel like correcting you. That's all right. (laughs) But since you asked. It was going to stick in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is two of them. This is my favorite scene in the movie. Just because oh, yeah, the two the of them are so good together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, it helps that everybody has chemistry with everybody in this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you have you have a team of actors that are among the most charismatic people you can have, but also people that are great sparring partners. It's why, like, Cap and Black Widow are great together in Winter Soldier onwards. Like, they they, they work together. Mm-hmm. Or Sam Jackson has chemistry with everybody because he's Sam Jackson. <laughs> like, it, right. or, 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 or Hulk and Thor some have a great, like, you know, all of these actors seem to, like, know how to be these kinds of people where they can talk and mm-hmm. mess around or do what's needed. You know, it's funny. Uh, Banner... The uh, he's the only Phase One 
hero he hasn't been in a movie for a series is Captain America because he was in he, he'll he has a cameo in Iron Man three and then of course the Ragnarok but didn't make it into a Captain America movie. And Captain one movies, okay. Yeah, and Captain America's in at least makes an appearance in at least one Marvel movie a year. Yeah, whatever contract worked out with Chris Evans, he's all over the place in this series. Like he is a everything. Yeah, he'll be. He gives a little brief moment in Dark World the next year. Then he's got Winter Soldier after that, Age of Ultron, Civil War, uh, Civil War, and Homecoming. then he's Homecoming. So he's always appeared at I least even... once as Captain America. <laughs> yeah, Homecoming. Yeah, the the videos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they make a point to have Coulson talk to every major character at least once. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because you have to, you know, he has to yeah. die, so everyone has to be like, oh, no, that guy's getting yeah. it. <laughs> um, that said, he, he is, like, he's already friends with most of them, too. Like, that kind yeah. of helps. Like, he's no, friends, it, like it, he, it, he knows Thor from the last time. He calls it, he talk, he, Thor calls him the son of Cole, which I think is hilarious yeah. and goes mm-hmm. by too many people's heads. <laughs> no, I mean, he is the, you know, the best character to kill in a movie like this. Right. Yeah. Because everyone likes him. All the characters like him. The audience, you know, no one in the audience dislikes him. It's a classic Whedon kill, which is why it's funny that he swears it wasn't his idea. Just Jenny um, Calendar. That's what he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in many ways, I mean, this is Serenity with just better known characters. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's Whedon doing Whedon. Yeah. <laughs> He's just doing it on and the biggest scale it, possible. Yeah. That's why it's so strange. You know, not strange, but interesting that this film hits such a nerve because it's just this guy doing this thing that he's very good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just he's did just it doing with, for a while. He did it with very popular characters in a genre that's reached a kind of a zenith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it just, it's, it gets back to that Wayne question. This, or that main theory or uh, premise, this movie shouldn't work, but it does. Like, yeah, right. There's so much go- that could go wrong as far as how do you balance all of this? How do you make it seem kind of serious but also entertaining how do you how do you manage the effects how do you manage the nature of these characters how do you struggle with six different actors that need to be on screen at a given time how do you get past terrible marketing to get people into this theater (laughs) how do you not make it the round of robert downey jr show what do you do with the villain like who's he supposed to be like all of these things have to like make make a level of sense in a movie and it does and i think Part of its success is I think they trusted him with it and gave him, you know, a lot of control and reign. Um, I think, like, Robert Downey Jr. was, like, his champion, right? It was, yes, to a point. Like, yes, he was his champion, but he also, like, he, we didn't, like I was mentioning earlier, we didn't had to, you know, he had to basically say, Robert, I can't have you be the lead of this movie. Like, right. you're not going to be the leader of the Avengers. You're the biggest star, sure, you're going to have plenty of things to do, but you're not going to be the guy saying, Cap, you go this way, Hawkeye, you go that way, whatever. Cap's got to mm-hmm. be that guy. And that's, yeah. like, I mean, it's an it's impressive that he was able to do that. I, yeah. I don't I don't know Downey. I don't know, you know, what he is on, you know, the set of these movies. I'm sure he's probably, mm-hmm. you know, pretty, pretty nice and pretty... I know he's, you know, he's got he's in, like, a pretty holistic place or whatnot, how he deals with things to kind of keep centered and all that. But, right. you know, I have to imagine there's a level of ego that comes with being one of the biggest movie stars in the world. And so to tell him you can't be the star of this thing in the way that you want to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a big move to make, and, right. and, but it pays off. 
But and then yes, he, the return, you know, Downey has yes, Downey has very much spoken up for Whedon. He helped negotiate all the pay raises for all the Avengers stars. Like he's he's certainly done his share of good deeds to make all of this continue working the way it does. Right, and I feel like around the Ultron time, I feel like Feige really starts taking the reins more. Oh, for sure. And oh, he's taking the reins already. Is like leading up to it with like Winter right. or whatnot. But that that it becomes he's battling his own Hydra because like Pearl murders there, right? He's he's <laughs> the, cut, trying to cut costs everywhere you go or make key right. decisions as far as what's going to sell the most toys, what's going to make the money, basically. Mm-hmm. Like we, we Iron Man three is a big example of that, where you have Guy Pierce as the eventual villain, even though Rebecca Hall was designed to be the main villain in that movie. But yep. Ike, Ike and in said, material, she's the villain. Yeah, but Ike Pulmutter, he's like, that. those don't sell toys. We're not, we're not going to sell Rebecca Hall toys. We need Guy Pierce. He's going to sell toys. They we have one it. of the finest, most underutilized actresses around. We could do something big with her. Nope. <laughs> I still There's... like Iron Man 3 quite a bit. but Oh, I... As do I, but 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 what what I'm saying though is like that's that's the that's the struggle that it be, when it becomes this kind of producer's game of how you're gonna yep. make this thing go. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's, a, it's still... the difference between Whedon with this one and Whedon with the next one. Yes, it become. I mean, this is what it. This is what sets it up as this is a brand now, right? This is the movie that like we have all this. It all came together well. It did what it did. Now we can use this to keep going. You're still gonna, you know, play with the people you know until you get to Guardians. You're still gonna get you yeah, another Iron Man, another Thor, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But at that point, you're like, all right, we have, we can just play with these toys as much as we want. We can play with these characters and let the producers do what they need to do. Right. Uh, you still you're still able to sneak in some directors that have a bit more edge, like James Gunn, uh, <laughs> like I don't know Scott Derrickson, like some you know some of these people that get to drop in and do their thing. Um, but there is a lot of phase two that just, yeah, feels it's driven by Feige and the people behind the scenes. For instance, like in this movie, we everybody like we've been talking, everybody gets their moment. Everybody's everybody's big, you know, and then you go to the next one and Quicksilver yawn. Oh, he died. Oh, too bad. You know, like I like why Age is of it... Ultron a lot. I I know I, what you're, I, I know what you're I, saying. I like Age of Ultron, mm. but I, I'm talking the difference between like this one and then that. Like, quick. I mean, Scarlet Witch too. I mean, to some degree, but it's just kind of hmm. Why couldn't he like? Where's the, you know? Where's whipping up that magic with you know these new characters that are going to be a part of this going forward? Not in Quicksilver's case, but that was I, uh, I, I do, late I editing do, I, decision. I do. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it's a mix of, yes, there were issues as far as we, what we wanted to do versus what was going on with the producers. Uh, but I do think, like I was saying before, he was making a, a different kind of movie, one that had more ambition. And yes, is going to kind of, you know, the flaws seem more inherent in that film. Mm-hmm. And I, I do like Age of Ultra, don't get me wrong. I'm just pointing out, like, you know, where I feel, you know, he was more in charge here than with the next film oh, well yeah and that yes yeah, so in that regard for sure there's there's this feels more even if that film has more i don't know cinematic ambition uh like that's kind of more front and center this one still feels more like a weed in movie like you yeah look at this and be like yeah this is clearly a joss whedon script this is right. just, I, I this type of scene this mm-hmm. one it was just a matter of we need this movie to be good you know we need this movie to work by the time Age of Ultron comes along, they've already mapped out, you know, phase two and three. Yeah. So, you know, there's certain stuff that, you know, to a certain extent, there are boxes they need to check. 
Now, having said that, I do think Age of Ultron works as a standalone picture more so than, I mean, it, it's, I don't want to say you could, yeah, yeah, I mean, all you could basically skip it almost in terms of the whole big, broad story thing. Uh, and whatever my issues with it, I would argue it's, it's a very personal Whedon picture. It's almost as like Batman Returns, except that he went full Whedon and at least the internet wasn't as crazy about it as, as they were the last time around. Um, but again, I think with this film, it was just a matter of, you know, make the movie. You know, they, they certainly, you know, didn't know, you know, what Thanos' big scheme was going to be or, you know, that S.H.I.E.L.D. was going to crash and burn in three movies from now. Um, but yeah, by the time that... Spider-Man! Along, yeah, exactly, Spider-Man. You know, but by the time the second one comes along, you know, they already know that Civil War is the next one down. They know that's all leading to Affinity War. So there's a certain amount of, you know, we have to, you know, again, we have to check these boxes. Now, having said that, I don't, you know, again, it drives me nuts to be able to complain that, you know, 90 second scene in the cave with Thor is somehow a deal breaker in a two and a half hour movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, again, I have my issues with that film. I think it's aged pretty well, actually. Um, Age of Ultron. Is, yeah, I actually yeah. watched it today in preparation for this. Um, but I think this film is just a matter of let Whedon do his thing because what he does best is juggle a bunch of dispirited, charismatic characters in an action setting that works as popcorn entertainment. Um, and like Serenity, it brings the thunder in the third act. Um, end of rant. Uh, this is a great action sequence <laughs> that's getting uh-huh. into you right now. I really like this second act action sequence a lot. Like it's a, there's a lot of different things going on. You have a lot, all the characters are like involved in different ways. There's a lot of variety going to take place, but it's fun. Like it's neat to see the helicarry under attack and see everybody using their abilities to different degrees. Like you, and you get the first Hulk reveal for one thing or whatever. Like it's, there's a lot of cool things that go on. Sorry, first we got we got to get to Mark Ruffalo talking about how dark things were. <laughs> he shot yeah. himself in the face. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't work. And I love how they play Hulk like a horror movie here with Black Widow when he first shows up. It's pretty mm-hmm. terrifying. That is a fun movie. Like he's holding this thing. Like it. Yeah. Of the things I didn't see coming in Age of Ultron is that the scepter would still be a factor in these movies. Yeah, like I get it makes sense because it yeah it's an Infinity Stone I get that now but like it's it's like oh we're still going after that thing huh? like that was that was a big deal. <laughs> Excuse me. Great that um Hawkeye has all these different arrows at his disposal. <laughs> You know, he's he's not looking too high. He looks like he needs some chems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got to get those chems in order to get that. This is the same year, too. He's got this and yeah, that. Yeah, The same summer. Gotta have my chems. Gotta get that chems. <laughs> I, I know I didn't have a lot to do in uh, Avengers, but, you know, you just hold on. Wait till you see when I do have a lot to do in The Bourne Legacy. 
and very few people actually did see. Yeah. Starring it's Oscar Isaac. Yeah. yeah. That's the best scene in that movie. It's really mm-hmm. no, there's a few there's a couple good scenes in that movie, but that's a good scene with them, them just staring each other down. That's a lot of Oscar Isaac's early roles. One man one scene cameos where he stares yeah. down the lead, like Drive, which I think he's also great in because he has like yeah. one scene and it's just really potent because they don't say a lot to each other, but he's just like, oh, so you were looking after my stuff while I was gone. Okay, like it's just a it's a great like machismo scene, but they play it so well. Did he use the um? The USB arrow, yeah, the one where he like shoots it through and it plugs into something. I don't, I don't know. We might have missed that already. Or no, I think it's coming because yeah, he has to get to like the main part of it, like the the captain's wing or the helic or whatever you call it, the helicarrier. Anyway, here's the monster movie scene. Yep, love this. This is a good Hulk in this movie. This is the best. This is maybe the best looking Hulk. Like the Hulk kind of looks a little yeah. too rubbery in the rest of these movies, even in Ragnarok. But this Hulk is like. Well, that's because yeah. their their effects team. <laughs> I mean, the effects kind of get a little. They normalize worse. a little bit too much. Yeah. yeah. Everything runs together a bit more. Where this 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 Hulk has the most personality, it seems. Which is weird to say since Ragnarok he's talking. <laughs> yeah. But this Hulk, like, just the, the dimensions of him, the way his skin looks, like, it all, it looks great. <laughs> like, well, and and he's, the thing with Hulk here, the, he gets many degrees, of, you know, he's terrifying, he's heroic, and then he also gets to be funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and we hadn't seen the Hulk as funny. I mean, he steals the show in this movie in the final act completely. Yeah. And this is the first time we get uh, the actor playing the Hulk, right? We haven't got that before. We have, we actually have Ruffalo like his face is designed to look like Ruffalo, like he, he's 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 perform he's motion capture ah. performing this role. Might be. I believe it is because like, cause, yeah, cause, well, cause, mocap, um, yeah, mocap, yes, but mocap, I, yeah. I think they tried to get it to look like Bana. And... Oh yeah, no, I, yeah, they, they, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to say it that way. Yes, they, they okay. obviously they want the the actor's face to be to resemble it in the Hulk's mm-hmm. face. But yes, as far as acting, performing the character itself, yes, that's Ruffalo was the first time doing it. And you he know, did it in Hulk. He was you the know, Hulk. You know, you're talking about you know Downey Jr. and and him. You know, the understanding of you know you you can't tell Cap this and you know have him put the ego aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norton, not the guy who would do that. <laughs> At all. Yeah. <laughs> it was down to. Like, especially if he was, if he, they carried him on to this point, it's like. Yeah, no, he's going to have a lot of things to say. And he's going to, ha- he's going to get to rewrite scenes if he wants. And he's going to get the final set. Yeah, that's. I would be curious what it would be like if he was still on at this point And like he and Whedon were trying to work thing, you know, work on this together. Like what that would have been. You'd have Hulk two and three. <laughs> Ruffalo don't oh. care. Ruffalo's, Ruffalo's a team player. He'll, you know, go where he's supposed to. But Norton, I don't think he'd play the the Marvel game. Which is part of what, like, you know, why a guy like Joaquin Phoenix turned them down. But he's his excuse was more so he did he he doesn't have a he's not comfortable acting in front of green screens and stuff like that i can buy that though well, well Which i think is, there's something to be yeah. said with someone being honest enough to say that this isn't a game i want to play right which it makes sense why joaquin phoenix would be into the joker movie but not into doctor strange well, yeah, yeah. 
it's a it's yeah. I mean, especially with the approach that they're you know taking for it. Yeah. But there's also like, like I'm you know I'm sure these actors are committed in this movie, but none of them are method actors. Like you know, Chris Hemsworth not walking off set still thinking he's you know Thor got a thunder. <laughs> like... Mark Ruffalo ate three people in preparation. <laughs> Well, Harry Dean Stanton's pretty method. So. <laughs> what a random, I mean, in a good way, but what a random cameo that is. Oh, it's very weed, and, and it's part yeah. of a longer scene that got cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's very much like, we need, you know, let's have an introspective scene where two people talk to each other, one of which has never been seen before, but it's played by a remarkable character actor. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we probably can't fit that into our two and a half hour movie. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny, yeah, this movie, like, it's a mo- movie that takes time to breathe, relax, and it still flies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just zoom. Um, this, is cool, this is a cool shot. This Thor, like, the, like Thor's, he's having a lot shot. of, there's a lot of fun here as far as just the angles they choose for him and, like, how he relishes some of this stuff. <laughs> it, it works mm-hmm. well. And there you go right there. <laughs> shot. That's another shot where I'm like, that's expensive. <laughs> he just broke a, he broke a Harrier. That's probably not cheap to have one of those planes just lying around. He just broke one. And he tore the wing off of it. There are a lot of bits in this movie that would be like the big climax to any other, you know, any any number of lesser movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like Thor the... knocking Hulk in the face of Mjolnir. <laughs> like that's... Yeah. Or, you know, Black Widow being chased by the Hulk through the, you know, the hallway scene. Mm-hmm. And it's just there's so many things here, even with the budget issues, that feel. You know, it reminded me a lot of X Two, X Men United, when in that the special effects felt so just sort of, and I'm I'm missing the word that I'm thinking of, sort of off the cuff. Yeah. Um, okay. They weren't necessarily drawing attention to themselves, which made them all the more special. Yeah, I mean, or yeah. Sex- Singer or whoever got a little fancy with like let's have a shot that goes through the peephole and a door kind of things. There's like stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, I know what you're saying as far as you know casually doing things. Yeah, uh, like I don't know, like Iceman freezing the Dr Pepper or something like that. Like yeah. just little little stuff like that. And you know, I did comparatively speaking, I thought you know the special effects work in the Chamber of Secrets versus Sorcerer's Stone is night and day in terms of how nonchalant the magic feels. Um. And you know, it's, it's, I think Sorcerer's Stone's a better movie, but um, or yeah, a, a Harrier shooting at the Hulk is like this is the end of True yeah. Lies. Yeah, well, I mean, you think of like the Fast and Furious franchise, where the 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 big action set piece of that movie is a couple cars drive under a truck. Right, and and the eighth movie is. A bunch of cars are battling a submarine under on in I like in the North Pole or whatever. Like it's like it's things have changed a bit. Like the trailer for Hobbs and Shaw has like nineteen different action movies in it. <laughs> it all started with stealing DVD players. <laughs> yeah. uh, apparently the footage they showed at CinemaCon was like Ethan Huntworthy. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, the difference is that they're just not doing those things. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, of course. Unless, you know, Jason Statham's going to finally uh, live out his Rick Ford. 
Well, you can actually see some of those stunts. I mean, even if he does, though, it's not him doing. He's just like, yeah, all right, we'll get the stunt guy and some green screen <laughs> make it work. <laughs> I like the Captain America's amazing jumping man in this scene. Like he's just jumping all over. That's his, he's Frogger now. That's his superpower. And he still shoots guns. Oh yeah. And that's, you know, and again, I don't want to nitpick here, but you know, like this scene, he kills, he throws got one guy out the plane, and then he's defeated by another guy because he's shooting at him. This, oh. this is this is the arrow, I think. Yeah, this one right here. Yeah. <laughs> he shoots the arrow and it plugs in. That's great. <laughs> That's a really smart arrow. <laughs> it is a smart arrow. Yeah. It you runs on the Android. Those. You gotta get one of those with a sharper <laughs> image. Seems kind of disastrous to shut down one of these things because like the whole <laughs> thing is gonna fall down to the sky. Black Widow did not like seeing Hulk. She's really messed oh. up with this. <laughs> well, it's her she, first encounter with a, you know, literally a giant monster. She's smitten. She's going to date him. No. See, that, I think, I think that's actually Downey in the costume here. <laughs> yeah. This Great. is one of the few times where he got, yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, put me in some wires and I'll just make this propeller yeah. go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's him. That's him. Mm-hmm. But that's a CGI cap right there. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh. See, I mean, the test on Thor with this dropping would be the same as Loki, I'd imagine. Yeah, that's what I was... I, yeah. It's like... It's, it's... Well, I don't think you get out until you open the door. That might be... No, but, like, why would the door be holding him back? He can teleport, so, like, he can, like, that's... So, again, like, getting caught the whole time, yes, that makes sense to me. Yeah, but I, would... I agree with you. It's spotty plotting, but, you know, yeah. it's... And, and also, I feel like Majoldor could go through that door. Like, if he called for Majoldor, it, like... He's cracking it. Oh, I see. That's right. It's the whole holding him up thing. Mm-hmm. This guy. When did we start the whole he was playing to get caught the whole time thing? Which movie, where, where movie are we at with that? Dark Knight? Dark Knight, yeah. Is that the first time? Yep. First in modern times, so to speak. None of the X-Men oh. movies did that? No, Magneto was no. never planning to get caught. He was never planning to get caught. He was guess, always yeah. planning to lift, but he wasn't planning <laughs> to get caught. Yeah. That's why he always oh. says to Sabretooth, do you lift, bro? Yes. That is a generally sad moment when that happens. Because you like get this triumphant, like, oh, Coulson's here, and he's got a big gun in his hand, and then he immediately kills him. <laughs> like it's, it's, a, it's a giant weeded move. Uh, and it's in front of... Thor, not Tony Stark. It's in front of someone that you know care, legit cares about him. I think. Yeah. I mean, they all care about him, but yeah, it is in front of. It's a private thing with Thor, and it works. Like he sells the emotion. And that you know, the first time I saw this, that was a nitpick that he died in front of Thor and not Iron Man. Having said that, it works better for the movie because Thor is the one that basically feels guilty about bringing his you know crazy war torn brother to Earth. 
Well, yeah, mm-hmm. he's, his brother um, is the villain. No. And, also, and, I, and I would say they share the same amount of screen time as yeah. Iron Man has as well. Yeah. Um, and again, it's a, it's a nitpick. It, you know, it, it, it's, it's sort of like you know, what's best for the movie versus what's best for the universe. And they went with what's best for the movie, which in retrospect, good for them. I'd like to think that if anyone casts a spell in the wizarding world, you just knock their head against the wall really hard mm-hmm. and it breaks it really quickly. Uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye will rematch in Captain America Civil War. It won't be nearly as intense because no one gets their no, head knocked against something. <laughs> yeah, and one mentions that they're pulling Play punches. Fighting. He could have survived. <laughs> it's a walk in the park. Dude got blasted by a star. He could survive like falling down in a bubble. <laughs> Oh yeah, Colson does get this little sign off moment. Yeah. That's fun. I yeah. forgot about that. I like Loki's hair in this movie. It just like looks weird and wild. Like it gets all st- like slicked back in the rest of them. This one is like it's just kind of sticking out. Um. There's a powers thing with this movie too, where it's like, what what causes damage to these people? <laughs> like, everyone, like Loki gets beat up, he gets slammed by the Hulk, he gets shot by things, he gets blown up by Hawkeye's arrow later, but nobody dies. Yeah, there's no real like physical stake in this beyond we got to shut that big blue hole later. Yeah, that big blue hole dies. Yeah, the big blue hole. <laughs> Although Tony nukes the shit out of the rest of them. So. <laughs> There's a good, like... God, this guy's really bugging Cap. He just can't stop shooting yeah. at him. He was also, like, waiting for Cap, apparently. Like, Cap's, like, basically fallen out of the helicarrier. The guy's like, I guess I'll just wait here and shoot at him when he gets back inside. <laughs> okay. Action scene over. <laughs> got that guy. We got the fourth biggest villain in this movie. Guy with mm-hmm. some machine gun shooting at Captain America. He ranks, like, just two under Thanos in Marvel villainy. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's Thanos, Ego, guy with some machine gun shooting at Captain yep. America. The Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Coulson, I'll just play with your brain on the TV show and it'll bring you back to life. I'll see you next fall on do you, ABC. Do you think they ever, like... Obviously, it didn't happen this way, but do you think when they initially like thought about doing this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show that it would connect to the movies? I think that... In a reverse way, not just a minor characters from the movie show up in the show, but the show like goes to the movie. I think uh... they wanted, and then once Feige could cut ties with uh, What's-His-Nuts, and uh-huh. never yeah. again. Same with the Defenders, or the the, Nef- the Netflix series. Like, those were supposed to have some... There was a, wasn't there a plan that they were supposed to show up? And they weren't going to be like characters in Infinity War, but there would be like points where it cut to other things happening around, and they might have a cameo. 
in I that. Don't think so. I no? with the Netflix would... stuff, I never thought that they would be involved whatsoever. Yeah. I, I would, I, I even if that was like a discussion that was had, I, I never in a thousand years thought these shows are definitely going to factor in in some way at some yeah. point in the movies. Like I never thought there was a chance of that. Well, they had the Inhumans, which was going to be a movie, and then became <laughs> a failed show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the hell happened with that. <laughs> it's like, well, that, Biggie didn't want to do it. It was, yeah, I, it was an Ice project. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, they already had guard. I guess they already had Guardians, right? They're like, why are we doing yeah. this Moon show? <laughs> like, is, well, it was we don't why have, have X- a Moon. It was we, we don't have, have X Men. That yes. was their that was their replacement X Men. Oh, okay. Just so they could have other powered people mm-hmm. doing things, which they've. It's it's fun how many like mutants exist in this universe, despite them not having mutants. Right. You have Spider Man, like you you have uh, you have um, Scarlet Witch. You had Quicksilver. You have enhanced people, as they call them. But like it's they're just uh, not uh, yeah. there. X Men has always been. I've always it's 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 big enough to be its own Marvel Cinematic Universe. Just Fox got stuck on the same ones all the time. Um, but there's so like yeah, the X Men has so many iconic and notable characters and villains. Or ones and, that could be iconic and notable if yeah. they gave them a chance to do it. And their existence just is all over. So it it it's kind of weird. I, for some reason, they make it work of the comics, but cinematically, well, you know what they said this couldn't be done. So I can't say they can't figure out a way for X Men. So. You know, I mean, you got to use like dimensions at this point, right? To either that or like they the mutant but, stuff doesn't start till later, and... or it already started, and you do, like you do like I I would pres I think the, be- the honestly the best way to do a Fantastic Four would be to set it in the '60s, right? Like and yeah, link it up to mm-hmm. to do. yeah, that's what he wanted to do initially. That was his pitch as far as how to do Fantastic Four, and it just didn't happen. But like I think that'd be the you could fit that time frame in there because you already have like. Like the Agent Carter stuff, that's the '40s, '50s, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you've already established like that Ant Man, like Hank Pym and stuff. They were doing stuff in the like '70s ish, right, or '60s or '70s. So you could presumably have a a version of Fantastic Four that existed within the '60s and make it work that way. And you could maybe do that with X Men. Maybe you could do like a a first class type thing again and like have the original X Men team in the in the '60s. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't go for that. I'm sure it'll just be some mm-hmm. like dimensional bullshit and they'll be like oh yeah look at this wolverine guy he came from somewhere else but now he's here or whatever or or i'm, I'm saying the mutant gene just hasn't shown up yet i it's, guess you know that's something new here's harry dean stanton just like <laughs> like hey take these pants <laughs> <laughs> i'll be right back this is a fun like let's get <laughs> Like, what do we do now to transition Hulk to the next act? Right. What, what are the kids like? Well, we can get Harry Dean Stanton in here. It's like a old security guard to give some pep talk. Kids love Harry Dean Stanton. Uh-huh. Now, this is wicked. This didn't look like anything in any other Marvel movie. This this is the like most 90s scene, if anything. Yeah. They're using filters. It is fun though. Like it's like, oh yeah, that's that's neat. I guess. Uh, 
Yeah, she really commands this movie. Well, yeah, it is. Again, it's a, it's they a show what she movie, can do so, rather yeah. than just kick and punch, or just be some slick stealth person. Well, as as we established in episode two, she's great at aggressive negotiations. Right. Yeah. Whether it involves tough talking Loki, uh, or you know, getting into fisticuffs. Well, I mean, yeah, we we had her tough talk. I mean, she tough talked the mobsters at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We have her talking to you know Bruce Banner. She convinced Banner that, to get on board. Then yeah. Loki, now Hawkeye, like. I feel like one of Hawkeye's main arcs in this whole franchise is whether or not he wants to wear sleeves. Right. Because he really goes back and forth. Like, this movie's like, I don't know, you know, I had that jacket, but, you know, sleeves aren't really my thing. The next movie's like, give me a whole fucking duster coat yeah. <laughs> that I can wear throughout this thing. Because <laughs> it's going to be cold, I guess, or something. I need the sleeves. I need leather sleeves. Sleeves. Sleeves it up. I can put more arrows in those. And then uh, for Endgame, he's like, well, maybe it's my hair. Yeah, and Endgame is like, I don't. Not only do I not need sleeves on the sides, my, of my hair arms, doesn't. I don't need. need I don't need hair on the sides of my face. Like that's yeah. that's what I'm going with now. I feel like I I didn't watch the clip, which I which I've heard is like, I guess there's some clip out there, right? And I know there's another clip they showed at CinemaCon that's presumably the beginning of the movie. I was pretty convinced it was going to start with Hawkeye's farm and his family getting destroyed. I, I thought that was going to be the start of the movie. I still mm. it still could be. I don't know. Right. But I figure, like, if you're going to start the endgame in some way, I feel like it would make sense to be, like, showing it right before the snap, focused on Hawkeye's farm and seeing his whole family get dusted. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and, then it cut, and then it cuts to credits, which is incredibly sad, but then it cuts to credits. Avengers Endgame. <laughs> well, either that or we have a flashback to see how got, Spiegel got the ring. Yeah, of course. Yes. It's just no. it's, a, it's a young, scrawny Thanos who's <laughs> going up to Peter Dinklage, uh-huh. like, you gotta make me this glove! <laughs> now... We missed the scene earlier. Oh, we talked over it. We're talking about something else. One of the first conversations they all have when they're on the ship is talking about Stark Tower. Now, uh-huh. when the first time I saw this movie, I thought they were about to figure out, oh, Loki's at Stark Tower. But they find that out, what, an hour later? Mm-hmm. Was that just me putting too much together? Or was it just. But you, He's did not... you, I guess, did you figure that out early? He's not at Stark Tower, though. They, they well, he was going to come be. to uh, Stark Tower. They go to Stark Tower. Yeah. I mean, that's that's he's planning on using the building, its energy source, to, you know, conduct his magical whatever. I hear what you're saying, and the movie foreshadows it just by having it be there to begin with. And, like, Stark, I mean, the, the introduction of Stark is literally him powering up this giant beacon in the center of New York. So, like, I get it. Um I don't know. I think they, they'd be pretty shifty with what Loki's... Mainly we just know he's just here to cause trouble, it seems, so far. Yeah. It adds up, obviously, like, as far as... Yeah, logically, this is that's the place where this movie needs to climax. I do like the bits, and there's a lot of it in Age of Ultron, too, the way they deal with exposition in this manner, where he's doing this because we did this, and here's what he's thinking. And, again, part of it's Downey Jr. and, and Sam Jackson... And their way of of, deal, of offering exposition in a very character centric form, but in these two movies, and it, obviously it's probably a, a weed tick, but you know the, the very colorful way in which they sort of explain, okay, here's what's happened, here's what we think is going to happen, and here's why. 
Yeah, and you since you have multiple pronounced characters, you can have them giving different forms of attitude based around that. So you can have yes. Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. continually spar against each other. Where they don't really seem like friends. <laughs> it's like, as much as that Civil War tries to be like, <laughs> well, no, it, we were friends, it's like, so was I. It's like, were you guys friends, though? Because I don't, you know, you always seem to kind of be at odds here. It's, it's a tough no, friendship. No, no. Mm-hmm. It's, it's... We were co-workers. Yeah. Yeah, he's a friend from work. That's what he is. <laughs> you got me Secret Santa a couple times, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you bought me a ham radio, and I was like, what? <laughs> the, weirder, our... the weirder oh. implication about this scene is that Nick Fury walked up to Coulson, dipped cards into his yes. blood as he was dying, yep. and then walked back to say, hey, look out these cards, guys. Well, yeah, that, that's that's the implication is that he's a, sh- you know, he's a shady figure. But he, like, oh. literally took the blood of his dead comrade <laughs> to convince him of something. So our second uh, commentary row where a notable leadership figure told them something they needed to hear. <laughs> now we get to our fifth biggest villain of the whole series, Stellan Skarsgård in crazy mode. Mm-hmm. Only countered by Stellan Skarsgård in the Horror of the Dark World. That's right. Christopher uh, Cleston, he's like the best like, tops, right? If you take out Thanos or Loki. Oh yeah, I've, I mean, my personal list is Eccleston, um, Lee, uh, <laughs> uh, what's <laughs> Lee? <laughs> uh, Crazy uh, eyes Mick- from Doctor Strange. Mickelson. Mickelson's. I actually like Mickelson. Oh, he's yeah. fine. Yeah. But uh, no, yeah, uh, yeah. Eccleston, uh, Lee, and Guardians. Uh, Rourke, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Guy Pierce as Mandarin. Oh, yeah, Guy, Mandarin. Yeah, Guy, Guy Pierce as Dragon Face. Um, <laughs> my favorite Dick Tracy villain. <laughs> Dragon face. <laughs> this is a great. Um, I mean, all, all the scenes of Downey are going to be pretty great. Like, I don't think we have to really argue that. But I do right. like his casual. Like, I'm just going to walk into my building, make a drink, and t- tough talk Loki right now. <laughs> Also do a little bit of branding, call ourselves the Avengers. <laughs> the bigger thing, Scott, you I thought you were going to ask, honestly, about this building is, did you realize it was just going to become Avengers Tower? Uh, Since it's a giant A in it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And talk about fun things to see in the uh, Spider-Man video game, by the way, since it recreates... A lot of Manhattan, you get the Avengers Tower. It's like, oh, cool, it's right there. There's a big A on it. You can take a selfie. That we have a whole client. That's great. That just plays anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that this is both a very good scene. And perfect trailer fodder. 
I mean, that speaks to the nature of this movie. I mean, yeah. there's there's all, all of these scenes make for really good scenes. and tra- It's not, mm-hmm. it doesn't approach like Bad Boys 2 level of every shot is a trailer shot, but I mean, it certainly has a lot going for it as far as what you can market, which makes it kind of insane that the marketing's so bad yeah, for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's so, it really like, is. the trailers are so badly just, constructed. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I rewatched the trailers when the first Captain Marvel trailer dropped. It's like, yeah, these are still terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one I liked was the Japanese trailer, just because it was movie. somewhat more somber and, and you know majestic. Mm-hmm. This is another Downey was in the suit day, right? Yep. No, this building. one. Yep. Mm-hmm. They threw him out of a building. He's <laughs> like, yeah, it's gonna work, right? <laughs> There you go, yep. Through most of the battle scene, it's him in a suit. (laughs) (laughs) When he flies through the giant space slug, that was his idea. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I like how weird this finale gets. It's like, you know what? (laughs) We've had enough fun playing around. Let's unleash aliens. And not just, like, regular, like, aliens. Let's unleash, like, crazy creature aliens and big Mm -hmm. slimy slugs aliens. And they all have little ships. And they have, like giant nerf guns they use that shoot lasers like it's it's a big scene which which stark reacts perfectly to he's like yeah all right this is, this is. like honestly his deadpan to the various threats he faces in the avengers films is pretty spot on like oh it's, yeah right here is great when he's dealing when he's dealing with like ultron he's like have you been roiding like as he gets bigger and bigger <laughs> and then infinity war he can't help but like be amazed by a wizard going after like a necklace and everything in the first part when he's with spider-man it's just like all these stuff he's so bemused by it it's very funny <laughs> you're embarrassing us in front of the wizards yeah it's just like, like he in the middle of the world might end, he's like, I need to make fun of the fact that I'm fighting with wizards on my side. Like that's 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 hilarious to me. Look at all these uh, tables that are getting blown down by the uh, <laughs> the intense firepower. <laughs> Those are solid. There's that waitress that Joss Whedon shot a bunch of and cut out of the movie, then made mm-hmm. her the star of his Much Ado About Nothing movie. <laughs> Don't read anything from that based off other things that Joss Whedon was accused of later on. (laughs) Now Thor has his arm guards on. Arm guards from Asgard. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh no, they did rid of some of the Stark in the building. Oh yeah. Wonder what letters are gonna be left. I joke about the tables not falling down, but the red the scene looks great. I mean you have a it, it, it has to like Scott, you've mentioned you have you have to deal with like a level of scale here. And I do think you get a sense that like the city is under attack while they're still containing it enough. And it it, it strikes a balance between you know, carnage and pandemonium and chaos versus dark of the moon where you have children on fire running through the streets. Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> that, <movie's>, uh. <laughs> that movie has like a whole like, let's yeah. have Lincoln Park do a sad guitar solo over the destruction. Team yeah. Of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, this is one of the more controlled third act battles of her MCU movie, I would say. Like it it feels it it feels an appropriate length. The geography feels clear. Mm-hmm. Things don't be, feel too obscured by the CGA army they have to face off against. They actually render, I mean, they make Black Widow, Captain America and Hawkeye who don't have, you know, flying abilities and stuff like feel like they're, you know, they totally doing a landed lot, on a guy doing right a lot there. of work. Every time I watch this movie, they totally landed on somebody. Yeah, the wing. That perception's throwing you off. It was an art. <laughs> but no, I, I hear what you're saying, right? Like, I, I, they also feel necessary to this yes. battle as much yes. as these super-powered people that are around them, like the flying people that are around them. Yeah. Like, I think Infinity War juggles it pretty well, too, for that Oh yeah. Um, given the state, given the nature of that movie and how much is going on, mm-hmm. like it's it's impressive that it does work as well as it does. I think in that one, the ba- some of the battles do go on way too long. Yeah, I I don't oh, dis. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean it's it's long. I get yeah. that, but I mean because I think because I think Ultron does suffer. Ultron feels like one that suffers as yes. far as how many robots can we throw at you type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's a joy to see like the superheroes doing their using their superpowers to fight these things in expressive ways that come out of a comic book, but at the same time juggling that you know it becomes very repetitious it yeah it can this this fight scene for one thing it's it's three perfect acts Mm -hmm. you know you've got holy shit there are aliens coming you've got hey the hulk showed up neat and then you've got oh crap there's a nuke on the way yeah, it has a there's a there's an arc to this action scene. That's yes. the best kind of action scene where there's a that that's my that's my issue of Dark of the Moon, obviously. Yeah, honestly, where as big and chaotic as everything is, and it's spectacle that you just don't get to see all the time. There's no real structure to it. You can take you can you can pick and choose a lot of those transformer scenes and put them in different places, and it doesn't affect the plot of that action sequence at all. For, yeah. especially since it's like an hour of that like that movie yeah. ends huge like it's a giant action scene oh, in Chicago yeah. like everything happens and okay, that's impressive to a degree it's arguably bigger than this it's just not as well yeah it's not as well choreographed yeah. there's, no, there's, not, there's, not a, there's not an arc to it that makes like much sense there's a scene where like Starscream dies you can put that anywhere in that sequence and it doesn't yeah. make a difference mm-hmm. the only thing that matters is that Optimus Prime gets tangled up in wires for fucking half an hour <laughs> <laughs> I like that Thor gets hurt by like a little dagger in his side. It's like, yeah. oh, that hurt. Like, that's that's killing me. I like shots of Loki looking menacing into the camera. Yeah. Like, that's fun. But he needs to lose that helmet. That helmet's not doing anything for him. No favors. Yeah. But yeah, you have these guys on the ground here, and like, I, especially when like once Hawkeye takes point on like the tower and can like spot things for everybody, like it's it's good stuff. We Sorry, does a shot. good job of of like relay racing uh, the action yeah. from mm-hmm. you know passing back and forth and oh. some saving some people on the bus. I use some chems to open that door. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for that crossover. People were joking about Scarlet Witch. Sorry, uh, Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Black Widow's pistols in the Endgame trailer. It was like, she's using them pretty efficiently here. She's shooting a lot of aliens <laughs> in the face. 
What got this the R rating? Remember, this was like R rated at first for the some reason. Sound when Coulson gets stabbed. Really? That's yeah, it. That's it. Yeah. Oh. It was much squishier apparently. It's hmm. because other than that, this is almost a PG movie. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that eye scene is pretty rough too. I mean, yeah. But that's off screen, more or less. But I mean, the the implicate. I get. Yeah, it. yeah. I, I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah. In this environment, it's PG-13. In yes. the 80s, yes, this is PG. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess that's... This is Gremlins PG. Yeah. Oh. I do like the idea of, like, cops being like, what the hell are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it immediately turns into this. Like, that's fun. That's a good touch. <laughs> I I mean, the action beats for everybody are pretty cool. I like Cap's action beats a lot in this movie. I like what mm-hmm. he does in, in these scenes right here, when he's on the... When he, especially, like, when he goes into... Um, Grand Central Station. Like, there's a fun thing there. It's a callback to the grenade bit. It is, yeah. Especially when he has to, like, jump through the glass and, yeah. like, lands on his shield. He's really beating the hell out of these aliens. Mm-hmm. The Chitari. Not the scrolls, which we finally got this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. We were really waiting a long time for scrolls. And then they're not even bad guys, right? They're like, they're they're refugees. Well, that was actually, I mean, it's fine. But that was actually very confusing to me, because from what little I know about them, they're not good guys. But whatever. Mm. So you can you can change that around, and people don't get up in arms. But if the, the Mandarin isn't the, the Mandarin, <laughs> agreed. People know what they like, Brandon. Okay, I you just don't it. get it. You don't get comics. Apparently, it's just you and your PC culture. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people on this scene. Right mm-hmm. A lot of superpowered people standing around. Hey guys, no breaks. Let's go. That's fun. There were people in that building. That's a that's a great line but I don't see how this is a party like that's a <laughs> this is a good cheer moment in the theater oh though, yeah when he just like hulks out oh yeah like just just from like saying I'm just angry <laughs> like, it's, it's all I do it's such a great reveal it's like oh he can just do this and he fucking destroys the space worm as well yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, the whole thing he just punches it in the face I'll say this. I mean, if you're gonna have a space worm in your movie, I'm probably gonna like it. Like that's it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't take much to sell me when you have space worms. That's why Empire is my favorite Star Wars movie. It has a giant space worm in the middle of it. It's like that's just cool. So you're in a ba- you are an abashed lover of Dune. It's on a planet. It's not in space. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's a, it's, a, it's a sandworm, right? That's why Beetlejuice yeah. oh, is not okay. my favorite okay. Tim Burton okay. movie. It's different. All right. All right. <laughs> it's not a space worm. It's a sandworm. You know. <laughs> Earthworm Jim. Awesome. Earthworm Jim's great. Played the game, watched the TV show, you know. Give me that reboot. <laughs> where's, where's Paramount with that one? After their Sonic movie? Is, he, is, he, is Earthworm Jim in the post credit scene? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. It would be. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you throw a couple space worms in there, I'm like, I'm in. Give me, give me more of this right <laughs> And this movie does. It's like, you know what? We took out that one space worm, but guess what? We got three more coming out of the wormhole right away. <laughs> 
And then the other Avengers movies are like, yeah, we got space worms. Here's another one. Here's another one in Tony's vision. We got space worms all over the place. Even Thanos is like, yeah, that's part of my army. I got space worms. <laughs> like that Thor flying up and and uh, <laughs> Black Widow just staring, mm-hmm. giving that steely look. New yeah, this, this, this Hulk smashing stuff. Oh, is it's crazy. awesome! It's, so, like, it's just like whoa. <laughs> And I like how he just, like, flings himself into the air. It's like, there's no worry about where he's going to land. He's just like, I'm just going to jump up here and do whatever I need to. It's kind of one of those, like, oh, we can do that in movies mm-hmm. type, type moments where it's like, holy crap. I love how Ragnarok subverts it. It's like, there's a big monster. Let me, let me, go, let me go swing at that now. And then it's like, oh, you're not supposed to. Get out of there. <laughs> Also, why is Thor not like Thor should be taking out everything? By yeah, himself. he should be like, doing like, that over he's and so over. Powerful. Again. He's I was about to say that <laughs> he's electro blasting everything. It's like what? What is the damage here? See, look Send now we're into just... space. What do you even need the nuke for? Just go to that door into space. He can handle it. Here's Hawkeye, just as many arrows as he needs. Just showing off. Just. Throwing arrows out. <laughs> Ironically, he's terrible at pool, though. <laughs> Sorry, I'm enjoying what's about to be a very classic yeah, one shot. Yeah, the, the yeah. one shot's coming up. That's like pretty brilliant. I do like that Ultron's like, you know what? <laughs> we could just do that at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> like, let's just throw that out there right away. And then they do it later, too. Yeah, you get another really cool one. That's like the operatic slow-mo shot, which is really fun. Yeah. But like, at the beginning, they're just like, yeah, let's just throw all these guys together again. <laughs> like, show the big one shot with every single character in it, like, right away. And then they got the trailer shot, so you're confused. Like, oh, that came right at the beginning. <laughs> I'll just that's run like, that's like the building. That's like their airplane scene for uh, Rogue Nation. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. That's, just, that's yes. just right at the beginning of the movie. Yes. God, that was exciting when I realized that was the opening scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always forget where it starts. I know it's coming soon. <laughs> it is fun that everyone's exhausted in these movies also. You get that in all the yeah. Avengers movies. Everyone yeah. does get like legit worn out by the end of these movies <laughs> this is the amazon trick Whee! Yeah. yeah you just jump up there do you guys like alan silvestri's score uh yeah the theme grew on me. Oh. I mean, the theme was like, okay, it's something, and now it's just, it's iconic. It's yeah. iconic because it's stuck around. Like, so, right. stuck around. I'm not, yeah. I don't think the score is bad. I just don't think it's much. I think it's pretty average. And, yes, we've seen this now for eight years or whatever, so it's like, yeah, I, it, you, it's I, it, it's memorable for that reason, but it feels the same to me as, like, I, honestly, the Spider-Man score. I'm not a big fan of Danny Elfman's Spider-Man score, but it just, it feels more like I know it so much, so it's recognizable to me more than mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Which one, which Marvel movie uh, of the, the Avengers canon has the best score, you think? 
of phase one or just all over all over i mean black panther won an oscar for a good reason right i think that i do think that score's legit no that that one's um, uh, that one's up there um i, I like i like first Rag- event i like first ragnarok Avenger. Ragnarok, yeah, that's Mark Mothersbaugh, right? He does a, mm-hmm. he has like a big, he has a, this whole sequence is great, but yes, we're watching oh, yes. one, the one shot scene, and it's, it's pretty fantastic. Uh, just seeing all of them like collaborate and everything. And a space worm just crashed in the Grand Central. This and, is great. And punch. <laughs> that's, yep. that's wonderful. <laughs> Finally, back to Skarsgård. Um, but yeah, no Black Panther. I think First Avenger has a great score because that yeah. that, that's riffing on a lot of themes too, which I think is very cle- it's a very clever score. Right, and that song should have been nominated for best original song. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Gar- yeah, the Ragnarok has a has a memorable one for sure. I guess the fact that I can't think of others offhand. I think um, mm-hmm. Ant Man has a fun theme. Um, I wouldn't say the score as a whole is great, but I do like there's mm-hmm. a like the end credits suite. I think is really fun in that movie. It mm-hmm. has like this surf rock vibe to it from Giacchino that I think is pretty pretty fun. Yeah. Um. I remember um, Favreau wanted um, John Debney to do the Iron Man score for the first film, and he couldn't get him. So he has what's his name from Game of Thrones. Um, oh, okay. Um, it starts with an R, and I can't think of it right now. Um, God, that's gonna bug me. Uh, but then he got John Debney for Iron Man too, and I ended. I like the one score better. <laughs> it's like huh. the, one, the guy you didn't want. I think he did a better job. The every time Cap rolls up into a ball to kind of, you know, make his fall not hurt as much. Mm-hmm. That's so wonderfully human. <laughs> Just it works yeah. really well. Hey, look, you kind of noticeable, like. When you're cutting the movie, you cut those scenes. Why wouldn't you get rid of those inserts too? That clearly make you go. It's a no. It's a recognizable actor, and then you're showing them reacting in a. It's like this. Does this mean something? What are we doing here? You know what I mean? If you cut the yeah, scenes, mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of deleted scenes that do make the film more cap focused. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of and give some and yeah with the in that with that waitress you get more of a human element as well. Because mm-hmm. you're like that's that girl from that one movie, or something like or maybe people are like is that the girl from What Women Want All Grown Up? <laughs> that's a fun. And it's like oh it blows up also <laughs> clever. Oh, they got rid of the rest of the Stark thing on the tower. <laughs> Seems to be a pattern. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, here we go. Now, this is a perfect sub- weed and subversion of like mm-hmm. what's going on right now. It's like, really? You're going to have some guy monologue right now? No, screw that. Yep. Let's just have him bash him right in the ground. <laughs> It's that extra beat to where he like he looks at him, then he keeps swinging. Him. <laughs> like that's wonderful. <laughs> that's so good that I don't think like half the audience still knows that he says puny god after he does it because everyone's so uproarious in the like, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many applaud moments like in this fight it's finale. Got, it's got it's a Peter ridiculous. Jackson sensibility in that you make individual beats that are mm-hmm. crowd pleasing within a giant action sequence. Right. Yeah. And 
I mean, by default, they're all main characters, but you, you know, you always cut to a major character whenever possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think something Peter Jackson said when he was cutting the, the Helm's Deep sequence is that he never went more than three shots without cutting to somebody that we knew. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why that's one of the best, like, major yeah. action sequences of all time. Oh, <laughs> right. It's phenomenal. Oh, no, Space Worm, it's back. There's so much, I forget how much Space Worm there is in this movie. <laughs> I'm sure Endgame is, since I'm kind of assuming it's going to be, like, Thanos front-loaded, it's going to be Space Worm City at the front of that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because everything else is just going to be them at, like, a tea party being like, man, that was difficult, right? And good thing we time traveled <laughs> and got everybody back in time. Are they going to go all battle the five armies and kill Thanos in the opening credits? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> what if they do that? <laughs> that was it? <laughs> What if it is like a like a like a world is not enough twenty minute cold open with them just yeah. killing Thanos and then it cuts the credits? They're like, now we got to deal with the rest of this stuff. But man, that guy was pretty difficult, wasn't he? <laughs> How bold of a decision would that be if they went that route? I mean, assuming oh, I had the story to tell, that's the choice I would make. Like just get yeah. rid of that part initially, because then you still have to time travel or whatever the yeah, hell they do. Yeah, I mean, killing Thanos doesn't bring everybody back. No, so. that's. Yeah. I mean, but you know they can't, though, right? Because they gotta, like, still explain, like, Ant-Man getting out of where he is and all this yeah. stuff. Like, so. We got a good hour of Thanos, at least. <laughs> of the three. <laughs> Hulk just crushed that guy's face and you saw blood come out of it. It was wild. <laughs> Earn that PG-13. Mm-hmm. That's a fun, like, oh, I guess we gotta shoot him a bunch. I think we talked about this in, um... In our Incredible Hulk commentary a long, long time ago, but Hulk doesn't get bigger in this version of the MCU. Nope. Like, which I think makes sense. I mean, you have to, it adds up. <laughs> but, um, he does, you know, the angrier he gets, the bigger he gets in the comics, but here he just kind of stays the same size. Mm-hmm. Only one movie has, one uh, live action media has portrayed it that way. Mm hmm. I mean, Lou Ferrigno did gain a couple pounds between seasons of the original <laughs> Hulk, but I don't think that was intentional that they were doing. That was gluttony, not anger. <laughs> and I like they all relay like a, a believable game plan throughout this. It's not, you know, there's the fun one-liners and stuff, but it feels like coordinated somewhat plan of attack communication so well, yeah, while they're not near each other it's yeah it just works that's what i was saying as far as why the movie's so contained to very specific parts of manhattan it's because they're very strategically planning this because they don't want mm-hmm. the population to get affected by a giant alien invasion right and justice league was a very specific family mm-hmm. they were... <laughs> yeah they had to protect yeah that part of russia yeah. is very important or Georgia, or wherever the hell they were. That's another fun... Just, Thor's just taking names in this movie. <laughs> like, he's mm-hmm. so, like, he's destroying things. Thor and Cap don't talk very much, but when they do, it feels like heroes talking to each other. Right. You know? 
Like when when Cap and Stark talk, it's like ah, oh, they're just bickering with each other. But when Thor and Cap talk, is like these guys are superheroes. Like you kind of feel that tension. Like we even when they when he comes in Infinity War, it's like hey, look how strong we are. Like we're just doing our thing over here. <laughs> Beards, right? Gotta have them. Like that's what doing. oh, this is what I was gonna ask. How does Shield work? Because we have Nick Fury, who in my mind was like, oh, so he's top dog, right? And then like Powers Booth and Diana Rigg are around. It's like, wait, who's what's what is Shield? What's the what's the top brass here? Is that are what they the, in? Are they the Deep State? Is that yeah. what that actually? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they well, they're, they they got to be the the shadow government thing that like I don't know. Would approve of some? I don't know. I have yeah. I have no. I get they're like men in their division six. They're men in black. I don't know what they are. There's See, a God. president. There's a president in Iron Man three. Yeah, it's pa- there's Powers. President William Sadler in Iron Man three. So I don't know what's happening. Yeah, it's Powers Booth and what Jenny Agut are, are two Jenny of them. Jenny Agut, yeah. Yeah, and Riggs and Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. And Avenger playing an Avenger. It's funny. Oh, good. I missed the building. That was I was worried about that. <laughs> I do like the look of this big blue beam in the sky. Like, of the big right. blue beams in the sky in these movies, this one has a unique thing since it's like a, a wormhole. I think it was one of the first. I mean, it, wasn't, it hadn't become a cliche yet. Like, I mean, X-Men did, you know, big crazy thing in the Statue of Liberty or whatever. That is true. I mean, I think we could point to a lot of these, honestly. <laughs> I don't think there's a specific <clears throat> one that's too recent. I think it goes back a long way as far as... Because that's just gen- that's basic plotting of this kind of movie, right? The central thing that you have to blow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony really nuked the hell out of it. <laughs> it's just yeah. like they're all gone. Yeah. They're going to be cleaning up Space Worm for weeks. <laughs> Not Michael Keaton. He got he's he's, he's off the project. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't care how much equipment he bought for this job. Close it. Yeah, Black Widow's got one of the most important jobs next to Tony Stark's nuking. She's got to run that test rack. Oh. Yeah, and, I mean, this is the holy... Sh- are they going to kill... You know? I never thought it once because the trailer shot is whole catching Iron Man. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Every, every time, like... Well, and they had already announced Iron Man 3. Yeah, well, I mean, beyond yeah. that, I just... Yeah. This shot is in every single trailer. Of the yeah, movie. Was, <laughs> the this was the Iron end of the sec- uh, second trailer of the Super Bowl spot. I'm not sure which. Um. Also... Anybody could catch it. Like, Thor flies. Like, it doesn't yeah. seem like a hard thing to do. Like, he's like, yeah, right. go get him. Well, he was getting ready to get him. Yeah, I know. I saw, yeah. He's oh, like, I'm doing sorry. his hammer. I misunderstood you. Yeah. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, there's, there's no, for me, there's no, I mean, yeah, right, this shot right here, I get yeah. what you're saying, Brandon, as far as. Yeah. Hawkeye could shoot a parachute arrow at him. <laughs> I also, I just don't know what he would die from. It's like, he just fell right. and then he got caught. Like, I don't know what, what what's the big deal. <laughs> I see too many parents at the park just try to scream their unconscious children awake. It doesn't work. <laughs> Is that joke too dark? I don't know. <laughs> uh, 
It was so dark, the kind of man dark. <laughs> I like his, oh yeah, we did it. <laughs> that the swarm of people have not evacuated is impressive. 24 hours a day. I guess you could say that after Hulk beat the crap out of Loki, he was unhypnotized, right? Is that the logic we're also going to go with, just like Hawkeye? Just, just well, he, him in the, the staff isn't anywhere near him anymore. Yeah, the staff, the staff, well, mm-hmm. it's right there. <laughs> but well. the staff's, I know what you're saying. The staff's gone, but also he beat the hell out of him. So like, yeah. you, can, you know, like there's, you can see a big bump on his noggin. <laughs> I like the Infinity War score quite a bit, actually, come to think of it, which is also Sylvester. Yeah. I like that I like that score more uh-huh. than this score. It's a little more Mickey Mouse as far as, like, the big moments are highlighted by big score moments. Right. <laughs> but, um... I will this say... is the cheesy. This is the cheesiest part of this entire movie, <laughs> especially because you have like the the pros and cons side of this. Like, what superheroes? I don't trust these guys. Well, <laughs> and the guy that that is the con is a Jewish Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> yeah. Really. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I used like to think shit that, like that didn't matter. That whole shot of the monitors is just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Like, look at all these people reacting to this stuff, and then there's oh, this who's like gotten multiple insert shots, but you have no idea what context she serves in this movie. Right. <laughs> Maybe she knows the family from Russia that the Justice League saves. She's their cousin. The, the Josh. She's, she's, the uh, Josh she's Whedon. Like, she's like. She's like Trilogy. Jupiter. She's like Mila Kunis is Jupiter and Jupiter ascending, where she's like an immigrant from Russia, then her parents are gone. See, it's the it's the capper of the Joss Whedon trilogy of mm-hmm. big superhero team ups. You know that scene in X two when Mystique and Magneto are talking about Rogue behind her back and they're like snickering. Yeah, that's what this shot feels like right here with Black Widow and Hawkeye. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like talking about Loki. I like the muzzle they put on him. Yeah. That's this, like, weird prison thing they have. And they made a NECA figure with that? Or a figure? Disney went licensed to NECA. Sorry. I I hope those uh, Hawkeye glasses sold like hotcakes right now. (laughs) Yeah. What is this weekend like right now? Going to do science. Tony Stark. (laughs) What are are they up to? (laughs) they, They hop in that convertible and go. Hey, did I ever Cap's tell you about like, a project called Ultron? <laughs> Caps is driving down the street. He's like, I'm going to get that coffee. But yeah, then we end with S.H.I.E.L.D., right? We just end with these guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same way uh, Infinity War ends with these guys. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> It's a reverse, right? Because at the end of Infinity War, it's Thanos, then them. And this one, it's these guys, then Thanos. Yep. <laughs> Wait, Kobe Smothers, she went on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., didn't she? They, they yes. brought her there. 
Samuel yes. Jackson like reluctantly did it. I, I think. See, I thought that was an engagement ring when I first saw this, but no, that's a your contracts no. up ring. Yeah. My, my, I still love that Spider-Man Homecoming's main purpose was to reintroduce Gwyneth Paltrow back in saying, hey, we got our contracts all figured out so you can be in the movies again. <laughs> so you get fourth bill in this movie. <laughs> oh, the A's still there. What are the odds? Wow. Huh. I think there might be another scene. <laughs> These credits are fun. Mm-hmm. They're all like battle damaged. And close up, yeah, I, I like them. Yeah. I think like where we've lost the art of opening credits, like the closing the credits, but be- before a teaser of some sort, have have kind of taken their place. Because I mean, oh, yeah. beyond this, like uh, you know, other movies do similar things. Like a like a Bumblebee has a credit sequence. Is not too unsimilar than where these have gone from here. They used to be some form of this, but now they've gone to little animated uh, recaps of the movie and such. Like Shazam has one. Mm-hmm. Um, I like but, the MCU. I like all of these. Every single yeah. one of them. Oh yeah, to be yeah. exciting to mm-hmm. me. Oh no, I, I agree. Yeah, these. I mean, these are always pretty fun. I like the uh, Endgame, or not the end, um, the um, uh, Ultron one quite a bit. The kind of big statue that they like mm. make, like it's that's it's, no, I yeah, 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 yeah. Cr- creative. I mean, they're all really creative. Like they all have like a level of things going on. With Stellan Skarsgård and Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> and the waitress. <laughs> Loki versus the Avengers. Now we go back to space. There is a fu- it's a fun promise to set up for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it... Neat game plan of you know waiting like, like twelve movies before you get to this. Thing. But, <laughs> right. I mean, it's the, like, the John Malkovich thing of never getting out of his chair. Mm-hmm. He was he was not Josh Brolin at this point. No. Which but if kudos, it, it paid off. I mean, Thanos is they, they made him into a, a, a unique character for mm-hmm. sure. Now we get one of those hit songs from the Avengers soundtrack that we all very much remember. And now, called, like heroes well, going or something. Well, now it's it's funny because you know they've used Thanos, but then now they have Galactus, so they can introduce <laughs> an even bigger. I mean, that's the main thought that I have as far as what you can do to sum up something next is like, yeah, Galactus is. That's pretty probably the best thing they got over X Men over Fantastic Four. Galactus is probably more pivotal to them acquiring. That those oh, yeah. properties back oh, then, sure, those as, uh, the more I mean, heroes. It was, I mean, in my mind, it was always about the villains because you got Doctor Doom, you have Galactus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You have Omega and, Red, you have Magneto, you have, you know. You know, Mojo, of course, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. MODOK. <laughs> MODOK, yeah. We're going to just have, like, Bishop complaining about time travel for two hours. <laughs> you got to go back. You're going you're gonna to ruin it all. Uh, things that things that made me happy about Days of Future Past were how little Bishop had to do in that movie. <laughs> He's right, still, like on the side. Poor Bishop, <laughs> played by what Omar Sy from The uh-huh. Untouchables. Yep, played by Kevin Hart's uh, double. <laughs> so what did this movie do? Opening weekend what was it? Hundred. Uh, oh, 200, the money. Uh, What's the record? Two oh seven. Two oh seven. It was the first uh, it, movie to open over 200, right? Yep. Chunk of change. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was that was it almost like sh- 40 million more than Harry Potter 7. Right. It like shattered the opening weekend record. Yep. And it, you know, despite opening in May, it pulled in summer weekdays in terms of, you know, that's one of the reasons it, it ended up grossing so much. I mean, it acted like a conventional mid-June blockbuster. People and, wanted to keep seeing this movie. Yeah. And we were in a period at that point where like every maybe once twice a year that opening weekend record was getting broken and then then it was this then it was what uh Jurassic, Jurassic World. World and then yeah. Force Awakens and then we wait till Infinity War. Yeah. And so um, it's slowed the opening weekend record has kind of slowed up but for a while there it was like oh I'm topping you by 2 million to um, well, you the, have to reach a ceiling at some point as far as what's possible. Yeah. <laughs> and um, this one jumped. It, it, like, jumped it big time. Well, yeah, because, I mean, for one thing, you know, you got Spider-Man, or Harry Potter does 90. Six months later, Spider-Man does 114. And then you have a bunch of movies that probably would have broken it if they hadn't opened on Wednesdays or Thursdays. Right. Pastor uh-huh. of the Christ, Revenge of the Sith, Shrek 2, Spider-Man Matrix 2, Reloaded. Matrix Reloaded. Um... So finally, you get you know Pirates Two, which you know was you know a breakout sequel, pardon the cliche, but also unlike the first film, opened on a Friday. It does 135. The next year, Spider Man Three does, which opened on a Friday, does 151, and then the next year, Dark Knight does 157. Mm-hmm. And then three years later, is Harry Potter with 169, um, and then the next year, Avengers does 207. Three years later, it's Jurassic World, and then seven months after that, Force Awakens. Uh, six months after talk, that. You want to talk about great marketing campaigns, by the way. Jurassic World had a oh, great marketing yeah. campaign. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. wanted to see that movie. That's why it made that much money. Regardless yeah. of your thoughts on the movie, mm-hmm. it was marketed incredibly well. Well, and it had a good hook. The park is open. That's interesting to me. And Chris you know, Pratt's going to be in it. Yeah, yeah. It was right at his peak fame. So um, we brought this... back Wong. <laughs> so this movie gets one Oscar nomination for best visual effects. It loses to Blythe of Pi. Um, I don't deny that. I think it's, I, I think it's a, it's a good competition. Um, it, it, I mean, I know it, you know it's popular. I'm looking at the best picture nominees now. You have Argo that won. You have Amour, Beast of the Southern Wild, Django Unchained, Le Miserable, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook, and Zero Dark Thirty. This one where they, nominees. they yeah they left one spot off right. That's the yeah they got the they got the nine out of ten possibles. I'm always a proponent that if you have a movie 
that's like the highest grossing of the year by far, or something like that was a phenomenal, like default best picture nomination because that was what the people went and saw the most. That's what you know, like that's that's to the public that was their best picture. Give it a shot in there; it's not going to win, of course, but it should represent. I mean, if you want people to watch, you got to have you know why is this movie making a billion dollars if it's not one of the quote unquote best, I'm not saying, you know, if you make the most made the best, but this is, a, it's, it's a pretty impressive year as far as box office goes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Django and chain Argo zero, dark 30 life of Pi, right. and Lincoln. Yeah. And Rob. They all made a good, chunk of money. I'm not denying yeah, what you're saying. But there's but a movie they, that the people went and saw clearly I, I heard more you than... Saying. I'm, just, I'm thinking comparatively over the next few years, this seems yeah. like one of the bigger, you know, box office years for a Best Picture lineup. That's well, an argument for, like, The Dark Knight, too. Like, that That was the movie... I mean, that was a phenomenon But I mean, that's, that's that, that year. And, that and Wally led to the change, essentially. Right. But I would I mean, say this year you had this and, like, Skyfall was another, you know, it was a yes. million-dollar Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Which oh. I, I'm sure... Did Disney put up a campaign for this for Best Picture, you think? Mm, I don't think any more than just, you know, common courtesy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, compared to, like, with Black yeah. Panther last year. Well, no. Right? It's, it's, they it's... went all, all eggs in the basket for that one. Yeah. Um, well, I, again, I think with a movie like this. Here's the shawarma scene. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Which was not in my cut of the movie. Yeah, they added. They filmed it I mean, after the premiere. Yeah, <laughs> and then added it on, which is crazy. Which is why Hemsworth doesn't have beard. And oh yeah, Cap is Cap is holding his hand over his face because he ha- did he did have a beard and he had to wear a prosthetic to kind of hide it and then use his hand to hold the rest of it. <laughs> There's a behind the scenes photo of it that have finally emerged and it looks really funky. <laughs> it gives us this weird glob of makeup to go over his face. Anyway, oh, no, um, it's 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 uh. It's an aspirational picture in the sense that, oh, wow, they actually pulled this off, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's a giant comic book superhero movie. You know, they're going to get made no matter if they win Oscars or not. Sure. Um, and I think there's been a an understanding over the last several years that, you know, while perhaps in 2011 the culminating triumph of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows perhaps deserved a nod or... You know, obviously the 2000s, the Lord of the Rings films were unlike anything we had accomplished at that point. You know, it's, 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 you know, you have to be something more than just a very, very good blockbuster because those are not in any danger of not getting made. Yeah, it is weird that all three Lord of the Rings did get that, though, and Mm -hmm. then only just now did we get, like, Black Panther to get, and I'm not saying they all deserved it or whatnot either, but it is kind of... The logic of that kind of escapes me, especially when you had more nominees as an option and you still don't do some of them. But none of the Hobbits did. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the movie's over, so we got to wrap this up because it's yep. been a long commentary as it is. But with all, so with that in mind, where can people find your guys' work online, Bren? Uh, Yisoblue.com and ColtCinemaCavalcade.com, uh, where you can find us on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, listen in. Got a new episode coming Monday with the John Stamos Vanity Classic, Never Too Young to Die. <laughs> Scott Mendelson. Uh, Forbes.com, uh, the ticket booth. And uh, yeah, that's where I am. You can find me 
at We Live Entertainment and on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and everywhere else you can find podcasts. Uh, thank you, Scott Brandon, for joining me for this. Absolutely. This very long time. Thank you. Track. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's going to do it for this week, this this month's track. What's next? May. We got some options. Well, uh, I, I have some ideas uh, for what we can do in May. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, so yeah, till next time. So long. Goodbye. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you.